0: Yo, how are you doing, folks? Welcome to episode one, two, four of the Simple Life Podcast. Hope
1: you are keeping well. It's been a good few weeks since our last seniors. The seasons have changed. We're now officially in autumn. It's getting a bit colder, but it's getting a bit prettier. All the trees are going brown and different colors. Nice time to be out in nature. Obviously, mushroom season as well. Very good time to be living in the north, Wales or Scotland or actually quite a lot of the country Um, as the season is starting to evolve in this country. Not that I'm promoting the picking of said mushrooms, but they do grow abundantly this time of year. They're wonderful for mental health and help with uh, SAD, uh, which is just something worth mentioning because today is actually World Mental Health Day, Oh well it is for me recording this today by the time you guys listen to it, it's not, but it matters today anyway, so I'm bringing it up. Um, But yeah, hope you're having a wonderful time, whatever you've been up to folks, and I want to get straight on to talking with today's guest, because I think there's a lot of uh, relevant and you know uh, topical conversations to be had here. So yeah, without further ado, I will introduce today's, ge- blah, 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 blah. today's guest, who is a second-timer. Welcome back, brother. Um, he is a UK-based cannabis product tester and ambassador, harm reduction advocate, and a medicinal
0: consumer. They are Simply James. How are you doing, brother? Hey, good, mate. Good to be back again. I'm the first person's been back twice. No, there's been a few people back twice now, haven't there? Yeah, guy Coxell, I think, is up to five. He's the five-time. Five yeah, guy, guy's guys a regular, yeah, I know that much. I mm-hmm. think, I think, yeah, has Buddy been on a couple of times as well? Yeah, I think Buddy's been on Buddy's once. Been something. On. But, is it not- yeah, just touching back on the, the, the seasonal thing there, you mentioned mushrooms. Now, I've got a quick question. I actually don't know the answer to it now. It used to be a point where if you're in possession of wet, magic mm-hmm. mushrooms or psilocybin. Um it was deemed to be legal legal to possess them, only became illegal when you drive them. Then they changed the law as if to say um if you actually had them in your person, it was then legal. What would the law be if you consumed them straight from the ground? It's the
1: same as, as quite a lot of other drugs in this country. It's not unlawful to have a drug in your system that's not classified as possession if you're high as balls on acid they're not going to charge you for possession of acid yeah. because they need something do you know what i mean so it's it's
0: you could, so literally you could go over your mates and play Sean the sheep for a day and go and harvest some magical
1: grass theoretically so i think there is something about the chemical conversion process that means that the fresh ones would obviously be a lot less potent there is still some available psilocybin to convert a psilocybin you eat enough of them yeah and exactly it's about if you've not got anything on your person or anything that they've visually seen you discard they then can't provide evidence towards you being in possession and like i said you can be tripping balls and doing whatever you want so you're still lawful you're still acting in a lawful manner Yeah, I mean, there's actually, there's a whole thing that was written into the rules when they updated it from wet to dry, stating that if you were, say, a landowner, you were allowed to remove those mushrooms from your land. So you could go around and get caught with a giant crate. And what are you doing? I'm getting rid of these dangerous mushrooms off my land. And that would be a lawful, lawful defense.
0: So they wrote little caveats in at different levels. Yeah, loophole's here and there. Yeah, I'm sure that'll need to be looked into a bit further, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. i mean if you have permission of landowners i mean there's there's obviously some of the the welsh valleys quite a lot of the farmers up there get quite pissed off because of the oversaturation and the disrespect like people parking in vans and camping and littering and causing yeah, a yeah. nuisance while they're doing it whereas there's other farmers that are like we don't care you know what i mean bash on yeah i think it's just just building that relationship and that rapport and it's a real uh, esoteric community is the mushroom community and it's such diversity you've got obviously the new school uh kind of techno kids that are all yeah. from the internet and then you've got all the old hippie types that have get, 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 kept so much of the knowledge for so long and then some of them have got online and started spreading okay. the info and it's yeah it's an interesting world
0: well there's there's the first tangent of the day there you go straight,
1: straight off the bat that's a good tone we <laughs> like it we like it uh as i said yeah obviously it's your second time on the podcast you were last here for episode 64. Which wow. you were four episodes off it being twice what it twice would have been. Again, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was January twenty twenty two. What you been up to since, man?
0: Oh, a, a lot, a lot changed since then. <laughs> um, with regards to the main, the main sort of aim with regards to the testing, um, obviously the the better testing packages have been released. Um, I've now got the distillate testing, oil, hash rosin um flour to do to two decimal places um yeah i've been pretty much testing absolutely everything and um, some very 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 surprising really really high testing products but we all know that high doesn't mean necessarily better mm-hmm. but um, yeah, potency wise yeah the potency is deadly on the increase we're seeing, like I said, they'll probably mentioned it in the last podcast. I think I think I'm seeing around two percent a year an increase in the genetics just through the, the breeding of these different cultivars. Mm. But um yeah, the testing's been going for strength to strength. Um seeing so much um events throughout the year as well. Um this year, I do think what well, has been the big hitters this year. And um, zawa was a big hitter this year. Um n- Doja's new one, this permanent marker, I'm seeing a lot of that going around. Mm. Um, sturdy old rainbow sherbet, that's still kicking about. Um, rainbow belts. Um, a lot of these rainbow strains and stuff, are still holding their own, carrying these high um, THC numbers. Mm. But yeah, I'd say the, the overall quality of the flower is steadily rising as well it's not just the thc levels i would say the overall terpene profiles and the actual understanding that the plant is becoming a lot better people are starting to realize they're having to do living soil beds and and no-till and things like this and they're producing some of the best flower you you'll you'll get your hands on um what else have i been doing i've been Keeping in touch with my friends in, in Italy as well. They've been doing a lot of breeding with regards to the CBD projects. And they're going for strength to strength over there. Big shout out Roma. Um they're producing some really, really fantastic medicinal flour at the minute. Zero um they've got a zero percent THC banana banana strain at the minute. It's just off this chart. it's it's crazy insane Um, they've got a lot of um, orangey terps um, a lot of grape terps as well and they're starting to dip their toe into um, the seed market and things as well so it's good to see a company start off from nothing and grow into a company that's actually producing some products that are really really they're holding their own in the market and they're, they're completely different for anything that you've probably ever seen um structure wise terpene wise everything like that they're completely different but i think difference good sometimes and i think they've i think they've done well with the projects that they've been dealing with for the past oh, maybe six years now seven years so this has been a long term thing that they've been doing and it's now starting to come to fruition so that's been really exciting to see and i've been working quite closely with them um i've also been away to thailand as as we spoke about um a few weeks ago as well um we caught up at product earth before i touch on the thailand subject Um, product earth went up there i um, spoke to a lot of people um including yourself i sat and I, I spent the day with you um a lot of interesting conversations had um done some testing with tyler um again some very very surprising numbers some numbers on these packets that come pre-labeled were very surprising as always mm. we'll not mention any names or any brands but um these packs that come with the numbers on claiming 34 percent thc etc etc mm. they just don't add up <laughs> they don't they don't it's i thought we were past it but clearly People are still buying into this hype train that people seem to run. I think, um, excuse me, I think the marketing with a lot of these genetics or these breeders now are, are on point, better than the actual product themselves. Mm. But uh, that's that's all down to personal opinion, isn't it? That's all subjective. Hey ho. Um, again, I was in Thailand. Um, just trying to get an idea of it from an outsider's point of view, going with no sort of preconceived ideas, going and just landing without any sort of recommendations, any places to go and see. Just rocked up and was quite quite pleasantly surprised but shocked at the same time. It's, it was like... It was like the Wild West. <laughs> it was. It was like every fifth sort of shop down was like a saloon, mate. And it was just, yeah, they've got these big inflatable guys beckoning you in the door with a big weed, weed leaf head and everything. It's, <laughs> it's in your face. It's in your face. There is no beating around the bush. It is legal. Um, I spoke to a lot of people with regards to. actual their opinion on how it's working and a lot of the locals are loving it mate a lot of the locals are really really in favor it's given them a chance to provide for the families they've got this new crop that they're able to produce legally whereas before it was hyper hyper illegal they're now able to grow these crops and provide for the families and get a, a fair wage for a, a a fair product kind of thing um some dispenses that i bought that I, that I went to it was quite surprising on the pricing scale of some of the flour mm-hmm. some of the flour was let's just say we probably would turn our nose up here and they're still asking for maybe 10 11 12 pound per gram for it Whereas you go to other places, one place that I I found I actually quite enjoyed, felt really welcome when I went in. Um, They, it was all Thai grown, very well priced. What, probably the equivalent of the quality that we would see here in the UK. Some strains probably just a bit better. Mm -hmm. I think they've got a great thing happening over there, but it's there has to be some form of legislation or like what they've done in Canada. I, I listened to a guy a, a guy's podcast from Canada and they're only allowed dispenses within a certain populace. Mm-hmm. So there's only so many people serving one dispensary, whether it's ten thousand or a hundred thousand or whatever I cannot remember. But um I think there should be a similar kind of thing there just to stop the overpopulation of right. dispenses dispensaries <laughs> and things I could kind of I
1: can see both sides on on that, but if we look at you know we live under neoliberalist uh, ideals under the um, ideology of capitalism and free market economics, so nothing else is restricted in that way. It's just given to the yeah. market and the market decides it. And I think anywhere yeah. anywhere you let the leash off, that's going to happen. And what's happening in various states in the US is, yeah, there's conglomeratization and the big fish eats the little fish until there's just a bunch of fucking sharks. Yeah. There's, there's still almost there's the illusion of competition for a while. Yeah, the big boys up top. I mean, they're just buying out other businesses to get licenses. I mean, there's interstate yeah. um Conglomeratization that are happening through companies like True Relief, Cure Relief etc that own hundreds of dispensaries, they're not allowed to move product across lines, they're holding it waiting till they can and then they yeah. go well, we've already got the thing, we're going to be the McDonald's, we'll be the Starbucks and it will end up, that's what corporate neo-legalisation leads to is about yeah. f- five companies that even them are going to be owned by three investment firms, effectively through shareholder capitalism So it's, it,
0: I, a, to... I think that's kind of happening in a way because there's like you're allowed to produce this plant, but there's only certain places where you can produce it in volume. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously, now I was on an island, so there's only one island. You can drive around this island in one day. So on this island, you could go to the north of the island and obviously buy said product and go to the south of the island, and it's exactly the same at a different price because, obviously, there's been different negotiations had, but mm-hmm. it's still the same product. Yeah. So it's obviously coming from one source. So the people who are in control of this or who are are, are growing this, this plant are obviously the ones who, in my opinion, should be controlling the market rather than now what the government are pushing for. They're trying to push for... Are you turn on it? They're just trying to turn around and say, "No, we want it for a medicinal market now," which Which I I don't. I don't think it's going to work, mate. I think it's too far gone for that. If I'm honest, Simba.
1: Well, I think it's not necessarily even medicinal. I think they want a medical market, so they want cannabis to be owned and operated within the modern pharmaceutical paradigm. So, therefore, if we accept that it's medicine. Only doctors and pharmacists and qualified individuals can deal with it. You can't yes. produce it. And so I think that they're trying to create a separation from it, whereas, yeah, the stuff you grow at home is the drug form and it'll always be drugs and stuff you give to each other are drugs. We're the special, we take the special dangerous plant and we make it magic. Safe, okay. yeah. But through yeah. our systems, it's our procedures and our legislation, our expensive licensing. That's what makes it safe. The magic piece of paper on your prescription, that makes it medicine. Yeah. Whereas when you grow at home, and I think Thailand has got the best opportunity than any other country has had because of it. it gets to show this decentralized supply. And so think of, say, like rice or whatever. You go in and you've got Uncle Ben's, Tesco's, or own, or own, like a hundred different varieties of rice. Rice is being produced and owned by one or two companies. So they, yeah. or they they buy all, it's all these decentralized farms, and yeah, you end up as part of like conglomerate chains. So you're like, we're part of the, this group, which is a subsidiary yeah. of this group. And so all of that conglomeratization happens for the whole of the rice producers. They buy from all the de- 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 decentralized, which is then operated up. They then sell it to the big packaging companies like Unilever, et cetera. They then create different brands and own oppositional brands to create illusion. That's exactly what they're trying to do with cannabis, as you say, that it's, the same guy produced it, but it's then at the north of the island. Well, our business, we're higher clientele, so we're gonna charge a premium. Somewhere that's yeah. just, a, we pay cheap on our retail and it's easier, we can supply the same product. And that happens everywhere. I think of alcohol or, or things like that. And that's what I mean about the free market economics. For all, I'm, I'm not a really pro-capitalist. Anybody that watches this podcast might quite be aware of that. Um, but I think there are mechanisms there that if we have to live under this system for all of this, We have to put cannabis into that. And if we regulate it more as a fucking vegetable, it's the same as I could just suddenly, if I had a garden, produce a fuck ton of potatoes. I can then go get them classed and then I can sell them up that supply chain. I don't need a special license to grow the potatoes. I just need to be able to show basic sanitation, hygiene, and jump through a couple of little loopholes to get the classification.
0: Once the product's classified, it's as good as any other product. Yeah, and there's, there's zero of that happening there. There's not one thing happening there and that's where it needs I, to be through the testing, is Yeah, I took the machine over, and these guys, guys and girls, there's uh, everybody's involved. There's not just men over there; men and women are involved in this industry Good. over there, which is great to see. It's a very equal opportunity market over there. But when I brought this testing machine out and asked to test, and the, the first place I went in and asked if they wanted to do any testing or anything done, I basically got asked to leave. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they know they know what they've got <laughs> yeah the second place i went in i spoke to the the, the people who worked there, and obviously showed them the device and i done a few tests and, and they were amazed they could not believe it so they've they phoned the boss mm-hmm. and the boss then dropped me a message we've arranged a meeting i've went over we had we had lunch and stuff and we've basically done a bit of testing and the guy's saying don't go home set up a business don't leave <laughs> we, we we need to see a kind of thing um i done another bit of testing um up in a place uh, in the fisherman's village in in kosmui and um, they were the same they were blown away they were wanting extracts testing everything <laughs> they were they were all over it and the amount of leads i've got for they want me to go back me they basically say don't leave when can you come back again and i was like oh kinda of on the spot. But they're trying to hook up like meetings with, with the growers and everything already. Guys dealing with the genetics, guys dealing with things at the the next level up from the dispensaries. And I'm like, wow, this is this could be a big opportunity kind of thing for me financially to make some money. But at the same time it's it's a very fragile market. Like I said, it's you see what I is going to happen is a lot of the small dispensaries are a lot of the less sort of preferred dispensaries are going to get swallowed up or they're going to end up closing. That's going to leave the door open for the big fish to then capitalize on this. And it's, it's going to happen. Um, it'll probably take a year or two before the government get their act together though, I think. I think it's, I think it's past the point where they can do anything quickly now.
1: I think, yeah, the, uh, Forgive me if I'm misremembering this or misunderstanding. I think it's they have basically a similar thing of royal assent. Um, that basically once it's approved through like a royal assent thing and it's signed off at the top, um, yeah, you've got to go back through the procedures to whatever they don't have the autonomy to just rip it up. And because it was a previous that parliament, is, previous is, house, they've got to, yeah, same with what happened to the, the first draft of the Safe Banking Act that kind of got through several things in the lower senate and whatever. But because then the government changes
0: any go back to start you know what I mean do not yeah, pay 200 pounds yeah So what, what will happen is the same thing that's happening in Italy at the minute with regards to the, the CBD flower laws and things like that mm-hmm. they'll just all get together because the, the all, all these markets that have been taught these people in these markets have been talking to whether it's the European markets German Italian Spanish or even the Thai market, all these people are so close together. I'm in group chats with Italians and Spaniards, and and these people have got each other's back. They've just recently raised over €50,000 to a point to get themselves a a legal representation to then take this bill towards Parliament in Italy. It's crazy. I think they raised about €50,000 in about four days. It's the same, same, same when I was in Thailand. They're all there trying to push forward the, the scene to make it better for everybody, but better genetics, sharing genetics, and everybody's out to help each other and, and better themselves because it's providing a better quality of life. The UK is probably the only place on this planet that I've experienced the infighting, the backstabbing, everybody calling each other out, the bickering on the social medias. It's, mm. it's, 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 it's quite embarrassing. We, I think we all need to take a, a step back to maybe 2015 again and, and then move forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this country, compared to any other Uh, I'm trying to think how to kind of word this, there will be revelations that come forward pretty soon depending how fast this individual finishes their current book um, that I think will reveal why the UK is so fucked to show in the loosest terms a conspiracy uh, in the UK with the Home Office and private enterprise to destroy any rational movement, to negate any conversation or discourse on cannabis other than the narrative that was set forth allegedly potentially by conspirators nearly 30 years ago in this country. And I think the global ramifications of the connections of the industry that was created and the kind of cozy relationship between private enterprise and the, the UK home office um, or what I suppose the Americans call like the deep state. You know, yeah. your uh your career um what do you call them, your career civil servants, they, you know, operate with their own kind of impunity at their own levels. They're not elected, but they have far more powers yeah. than the puppets that we vote for. Yeah. Um yeah, so I think there's a lot of information there that will come to light before too long that I think will give a reason for this. And I think when you look at any other country, it's they don't have that force setting us about each other. Yeah, they have disagreements over language and, and, and nomenclature and things like that, but not to the same degree that we have had in this country. Not this no. absolute pig headedness towards the idea of separate towers or pillars of cannabis. Like, we're hemp, we're CBD, we're medicinal, we're wreck, we're this, we're that. It's whereas the rest of the world are like, no, it's all the same plant. There's, yeah. There's, yeah, there's the argument of, say, Thailand are trying to go now, obviously, yeah, medicinal only. But no wreck. when medicinal versus medical if they in medicinal medicinal is a self-guided activity you choose to consume some medicinally say so like uh, i don't know there's quite a few people i know that if they go out they'll drink one pint or one drink and that does that calms them they almost self-medicate with the alcohol to take off yeah. their social anxiety so that's the self medicating, but then yeah. that's that's not a medicine in the sense that a doctor's then going to. Oh, every time you go out here, drink this amount of vodka, and get yourself yeah. away. You know, it's it's. Mm. But then if they make it med- uh, medical, then it can only be this prescribed, controlled, you know, regulated uh, dosage, uh, etc. And it do- cannabis <laughs> doesn't fit
0: in that paradigm. She just no. doesn't. No, and see the thing. The thing, like when I was just, when I was in Thailand as well, uh, uh, when I was speaking to. Like the 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 locals, and um, they were basically saying it's accepted by everybody. I I, I was speaking to one lass who, who owned the dispensary up in um in Beaufort, and she was basically saying they get all all wages through the door from like twenty one right through till 85, 90 years old, looking for like creams and bams and things like this. It's it's been accepted by everybody the king's decree is the, the, the king's word and they, and they accept it so everybody's just accepted it it's it's,
1: it's weird because it should i was talking to somebody earlier today one of the uh nutrient reps i'm i I'm, I'm not gonna shout you out you get your own shout out <laughs> um pop, popped by earlier we were having a smoke and a up uh earlier on today and he was uh talking about honor oh, my brain get back to the thought get back to the thought don't want to derail this this train of thought come on
0: uh, we were talking about, uh, ah, yeah. oh bollocks. The aging popula- population, CBD bams. No, oh, on,
1: no, we were, t- uh, we, yes, we were talking about, uh, he, he knows somebody sort of in his, fa- in his family was like, you know, um, I couldn't consume it here. I wish I could, uh, but you know, when I go to Amsterdam and it's just different, the weed there's better when I'm over here, it makes me paranoid. I don't know what they spray it with. And it was just he kind of looked at her and went, no, that's your paranoid because there's consequence here. Yeah. There, there was real consequence here. Whereas in Amsterdam, up to five fucking grams on the street, not even a slap on the fucking wrists. You no. Know what I mean, yeah, even the public smoking ban in the, I can't remember the Dutch area for it, but the, the traditional red light district, yeah. that is still only a 250 euro fine, I think. Um, or at least that was what it was proposed to be. I don't know what they've settled on. But uh, it's still not that consequential in the grand scheme think. of it. I, don't even it, think be enforced. I think it'll be it be enforced in the sense of if you're being a real asshole.
0: Arsehole Whereas it, yeah. if you're just
1: casually on a joint and just go not
0: in here, go away. Yeah, not yeah, where. and I think I think it's the same as pretty much anything in life. If you've got a common sense approach to things and you're being respectful and you're not standing in somebody's doorway smoking a spliff, you're not gonna you're not gonna face any consequences. So just be respectful and be mindful that there are people who don't want to be smelling it and there are people who don't consume it it's like you're never going to force Mm. drink on anybody kind of thing where you do get the peer pressure or whatever but you, you you would not I don't know, I think it may be just me, It's may be just me, but I would not drink in front of people who yeah. don't drink alcohol kind of thing. I don't personally drink alcohol, so I don't does like be surrounded by drunk people. There's a space where you
1: drink differently in a pub or a club than say, like Durham, we famously have our riverbanks. The sunny days that we do get, I'm not complaining about the weather, don't take me down as another episode <laughs> of me complaining about the weather. Uh, we, we drink down there, and the cops let you, but if you then got a crate or a couple of crates, maybe a fucking problem. If you are yeah, sat down yeah, there yeah. with a couple of little bottles of fucking Bulmas or whatever or whatever you choose, it could just it's a proportional amount. They're going to see you're having a quite a few drinks, being respectful. You haven't come down here, you get fucked up. And mm-hmm. speaking as we were talking before about Thailand, it, it's the festival effect, which is now a term I'm going to create out of my ass right now, uh, which is that I think there is an increase in antisocial yeah, well, behaviour at some yeah. festivals because you suddenly let off the leash. So everyone's going, oh, I'm this and I need to keep my job and my appearance and la-la-la and the law and CCTV cameras and you live in this thing. And all of a sudden you get into this space where drug taking is tolerated. And so there ends up being a kind of certain type of people that go to a festival and act like fucking arseholes because Mm -hmm. they feel entitled to do it because that's the right space to do it. Whereas I feel if every day was more like a festival, I'm not saying in its most extreme forms, but in terms of their (laughs) choice, if you wanted to... Go and take some MDMA on a Wednesday and go see a fucking DJ or whatever, that should be your fucking right in a venue that's created mm-hmm. for that, that facilitates that, the support. It's choice, isn't it? You're yeah. making that choice at the end of the day. And people are going to do it regardless. So the only function of a decent government, if at all we are to have a government at all, uh there's a bit of my anarchism coming through there. Uh it should be to recognize what is humanity, what is the culture of the populace you represent, then create legislation that promotes wellness and health within that. That isn't to yes. restrict it. That's to go all right. These these people are taking all these fucking drugs. Well, let's test the drugs. So look at Glasgow. Let's, let's give them a place to bla- to use it. Let's give them a place to um, test them. Person. Glasgow just
0: done it. Glasgow have just got the first <laughs> open consumption lounge in the UK for mm-hmm. harder drugs, mate. for Wait, basically. Well, I mean, te-
1: technically, there's two faults with that. Um. <laughs> One for the love of Peter Cricant, legend of a fucking man. Uh, I'd say this is the first official one in Scotland because the workers say Danny Ahmed and others in Teesside, they had a diamorphine uh, consumption injection space until they had their funding removed uh, last year. So I think they were the first. Uh, But Peter Cricant in his ambulance, and he took fucking hell for it. There's an episode, folks, I'll give you the link below. Um, He basically got an ambulance. We started with a van, then he got an ambulance. And he was basically driving that around Glasgow and creating a mobile safe injection site. He handed out clean needles. They had uh, like advice for people and whatever else. And the the cops initially really tried to fuck him at one point they got his insurance removed. So he couldn't like lawfully move the vehicle. And it was basically the work of him. And obviously there's a lot of other people up there like Anna Ross mm-hmm. and others that have done like great work, but he, he was, that, that was direct fucking on the street activism come and fucking get me. And uh, he's due back on the podcast actually in the next sort of few Few weeks. Um, once he's back from, I'm not going to give his personal details but He's out on the, out in the yeah. world, um. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's coming back on on the podcast to uh to discuss kind of the evolution and what's happening there. Because well, exactly got,
0: that has yeah, been moving forward at a, a, a fast rate. Not north of the border. See, I, I'm south of the border now and have been for mm. some time. But it's it's good to see in a sense that we're actually starting to talk about this mm. and at, at, at that level, rather than it just being amongst the peers, amongst everybody else. Yeah, in, entirely. I mean,
1: my only fear, uh, and actually I am in conversation with a couple of people that are involved in some of the work up there to get on the podcast, so we can actually talk about it directly rather than it being sort of second, third hand. Um, my fear that is when Mike Barton, our former Chief Constable in Durham, retired, his uh, replacement, Basically, pissed in the face of his and Ron's legacy, and they become quite aggressive. Uh, they're the ones who pushed for the nitrous oxide ban that's now coming by the end of the year. That was because of Durham Police. Yeah. She, she's now got the job as the head of Police Scotland, and her stance on drugs and it all being antisocial behaviour and there's not the nuanced understanding of why people take drugs, no empathy towards the cultures, no. You know, they're just literally like it's all antisocial behaviour. All consumption is is bad. You know, all activities mm. committed by these people are bad and therefore we need to police them so the for all there is this this progressive movements and i think a lot of that is pl it is lived and living experienced individuals because the numbers don't fucking lie scotland no. is fucking is struggling and it's, yeah, it's the overdose capital of the world yeah, and its I think it's a representation of the issue of late-stage capitalism. The, the disconnect and the, the big fish eating the little fish, that's where we've got your Zuckerbergs, your musks, your et cetera. They're yeah. so far up there that there's not the middle anymore. You've got millionaires that aren't even rich anymore because of what the fucking yeah. economics are. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, everyone is then pushed into the bottom. And there's these pockets of destitution across the country. No offense to, you know, Burnley or to Blackpool or, or any place like that. But fuck me, I mean, Durham, for fuck's sake, we're still the third most impoverished region in Northern Europe. Yet we've got a mansion park that I could, I couldn't, i would be a hell of an arm if I could throw a brick from here and hit it. Uh, but, I could, you know, it's a stone store away from here. They're 10 bedroom mansions. There's then an old abandoned railway track that represents the death of the industry of the northeast. And on the other side of that is some of the cheapest houses in the county. And the juxtaposition of seeing their Porsches and their Ferraris and all of this shit drive through. And it's the the juxtaposition is fucking mental. Yeah. The better proportional tax systems, better p- proportional representation in politics. We would just fucking I'm not saying take yeah, all their to fucking that. money, but You're never going to get that, are you? Not with the current people in charge and yeah. even with the next ones that come in. It's it's they're only allowed to come in because they, they'll still serve the needs of the system. For all they change it a bit and go, Oh look, we painted it a different colour. Yeah, it's still yeah. a pile
0: of shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The thing is you, can't, you, can't, you can't roll a shit and glitter.
1: Mm-hmm. It's but they keep trying and we keep believing it in different ways and we're fucked. We're basically I feel we're okay. at a point now where the install uh, scenarios almost like when you're playing sim city back in the day and you blow up on the hurricanes and it fucks up your city and you're going to deal with the consequence i feel like the the system is now just and i say that the loosest of like the establishment Man, to create turmoil mate in, in, entirely and i think the whole without getting too geopolitical i'm not going to make a comment on either side but the current israel palestine thing feel entirely inevitable why would it not happen right now it's we're in such a binary world if you're not allowed to talk about the middle you have to take an extreme view on either fucking side and either way you're wrong
0: yeah it's yeah it's mad it's mad yeah it's mad what's going on in the world at the minute mate and i'm gonna be brutally honest and say that i've been that busy and i've been kept going that busy in my own private life and this side of things that I've kind of disassociated myself from, what's going on at the minute. I know that I'm getting by at the minute. I know that I'm busy providing a service for everybody else, and I'm pushing the the narrative forward for the the not just the medicinal side, but for the improvement and the consistency within the the, the medicinal market as well. Because I think we're almost at a point now where the crossover is going to be inevitable, I think. But it's all down to personal preference at the end of the day. If you want to become a medicinal patient and go forward and pay for your consultation charges and things like this and buy the flower at a. An acceptable level of quality, with an acceptable level of terpenes and uh, an acceptable level of medication, at the same price as what you would then purchase it off Davy along the street. Then I know ninety to ninety nine percent of people would go down the medicinal route or, or the legal route just to have that uh, that area of protection.
1: And that's, that's the thing of why most people would do it. It's not for the product. It's not for the no. access. It's not for any of the things that they purport for to the offer. Legal protection. It's, it's, yeah, it's with this little pot. Matt's got a cannabis plant right now, but it's for the pot. So you can put your 10 grams in there and walk around in are safe. Your license isn't going to be taken from you. Send a little quick letter to a fucking foreign embassy or whatever. You can fly to that country, dependent on the law. Check, obviously, your laws, folks. Yeah, um, you always check your fucking laws. Uh, get your travel letter from your clinic. Uh, but the point is still that it's, if the laws were adjusted so that those few benefits that we're obviously having a lie that we're not getting the benefit from, their system wouldn't... It would actually be there to then help the people who really fucking need it. Like the kids yeah. who don't, don't have autonomy to be able to make a decision until they're fucking 18. You know, they're always going to need a different kind of system and need doctors and whatever else to avoid legal issues, insurance problems, you know, liability problems, it's to ensure consent. And um, yeah, the, the, the system is, is accountable. Whereas your average Mike down the fucking road, or whatever you're Davey, your Andy, whatever, if they are then being able to produce their own and then they are not going to get done in the same way for driving or whatever, or it's going to be proportional and you'll actually be tested uh, for a sobriety test at the side of the road, et cetera. Then there's no difference.
0: no, there is zero, mate. The only difference between lawful and unlawful possession is a piece of paper from a GP that says you are in receipt of this flower. Now, the, whether the flower is grown in a white lab pharmaceutical building or whether it is grown in Davy Down the Road's garage. It's the same product, whether it's a different chemovar cultivar, whatever. mate. it does. It doesn't matter. It's still a cannabis sativa L plant. It's still. A, a, it's still the same product. So what? Why is? Why are we still beating around the bush this year when the only difference between lawful and unlawful possession is a piece of paper that you have to pay for?
1: Because they, they and they, I wouldn't. And I think a lot. People wouldn't really begrudge it if it was say like the MMJ system initially in America, the medical marijuana system, yeah. which was basically you have got your doctor, you pay him a hundred dollars, and he's got a little checklist, and he asks you leading questions like, "How's your back? All right? How You're do you, sl-, you, know, how, how do you sleep? You know, how's yeah. your head?" And he basically leads you into as soon as you say yes on any one of the qualifying conditions, boom, here's your card. You can go to any one of these dispensaries, and you've got autonomy. You've got yeah. the right to to access what you want. They have the illusion of autonomy right now within the UK system, especially with all the like gamma-radiated, beta irradiated.
0: Like even products. like talking about that, like this this Canadian guy who's podcast I listen to as well, he went through now it's it's recreational in Canada. You can go in and buy it from, from a dispensary and consume it recreationally. He had serious surgery and he had to go and get an operation and whatever. And he went to try and go through the legal system to try and get through his insurance. So he had health insurance. He tried to then use his health insurance to cover his uh, his medicine. And he it, it was receiving exactly the same product he could buy at the dispensary for three times the price.
1: Mm-hmm. We actually the insurance companies want their markup. It's a common practice in the North American pharmaceutical <laughs> trade is that your doctor can offer you price at one a product at one price, or they can offer you this this other product. that basically with, there's a, I can't remember what it was called. There was a whole thing that was exposed in one of the states and it's like a diversion. And so the doctor would basically run on the system and it would tell you the insurance and that would trigger an automatic thing on their system to charge you more. So yeah. if you didn't have that insurance, well, it was $3 yeah. or $5, you suddenly do it. Uh, where since so it was like $5, they'd make, buy it for three, so the practice would make $2. They then change the fucking system, so I'll move it up to ten or whatever, and then you would still make the same markup or less, but the, yeah. the, the procurement cost is the same. Your your profit has gone down, but the insurance company's
0: profit's gone up. they have gone up, yeah. So it's it's madness. It's, it's crazy. It's like over there as well. Like the edibles, they're only allowed to sell edibles at ten milligrams. Hmm. So you've got a ten milligram edible. So I don't know. I know. I know certain people within the the scene that would probably need to eat. God, I don't know. It's a hundred <laughs> mm. Well, well, ten of them is going to be 100 so a hundred milligrams. So you probably need the hundreds of them.
1: <laughs> it they were almost like yeah, talking things. It was. I mean, shout out Warner. I uh, really appreciate because they do vegan jellies. Um, and basically every road trip when I was driving around in the states and going bit to bit, I just buy a couple of the ten packs of them. And you, yeah. just, you just chew them while I'm driving as I'm going and it just keeping that sort of level. But yeah, if you want to actually yeah. get go on oh, now, I'm gonna get fucked up tonight, you're spending like a fucking hundred, two hundred dollars on fucking on edibles yeah. and
0: shit. It's mad, it's it's crazy, and and yeah, it's it's they accept it because that's the framework. That's that's the laws that have been drawn up for it. It's the
1: same as like there should, should be edu- mass education, but also wide access. In the same way, I can walk into a shop. Maybe not in your traditional supermarket or whatever, but I can go and get absinthe. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or I can go and get shandy, and nobody's going to stop me or whatever else. And there's so no limit on one because it's stronger than the other. The assumption is that I will deal with this situation. And so we had a guy at one of the Durham events years ago, uh, and he was selling dessert jars, like maybe something about a bit smaller than that in terms of yeah. like skinnier, and it's a thousand milligram, and it's like a cake made into the jars. And we got reports about two hours into the fucking uh, the field event that in the city center, there were kids everywhere being sick. And basically, they were coming to the event, doing the fucking walk around, buying the thing, going, oh, I can eat more than you, I can eat more than you. Yeah. By the time they walked back into the city center, maybe 0. 0.8 to a mile away, they were all rushing to the toilets in the yeah. fucking shopping them. center and being sick and shit. Yeah, and it's just like, I can't where's the where's the responsibility of regulation there so it's, it's staying a pub in the uk the law the licensing law is very unequivocal it is unlawful to serve a drunk person in this country
0: yep mate you have to say you have to actually set <laughs> a test now i i used to say i used to work in a bar when i was younger mate. you have to set a test to be able to responsibly serve alcohol There's an RSA, so you have to responsibly serve alcohol. If you see somebody that's maybe four or five pints in and they're slumped over the bar, you can refuse that person alcohol. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you see a 16-stone guy who's eight pints in, who's still acting the fool and noising up his mates or whatever, you can still serve him alcohol. It's under the bartender's discretion, so... You're going into that establishment to make that informed decision that you're going to consume alcohol. If you're at the point where you're then incapacitated, then you should be ejected, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. It's which the same it... whether it's cannabis, whether it's alcohol, whether it's anything.
1: But you see that it doesn't need an artificial limit. It is interpretable through the language, in that I think the exact terminology is intoxicated, at least is yeah. intoxicated, which when you look in a dictionary is one thing. When you look in the legalese understanding of it, it's a slightly different thing. And it leaves the interpretable uh, discretion to the individual in charge of said action in the same way that they did with the riot stuff during uh, the Sarah Sarah Everard and everything. And they'd created enough of an ambiguous law that it meant the police interpreted it, but it didn't technically have a definition in legalese, which is why the whole thing got rewritten into having defined things. Because in law, everything needs to be correct by nature of
0: the language yeah yeah it It has to be it's all down to language and how things are written black and white Mm -hmm. you can talk about it till you're blue in the face until it's black and white on paper you have to read things five times ten times to understand the jargon that's used and the terminology that's used and in the paperwork that's been written
1: Exactly that. And I think it's, you learn, say, from sitting in court or following the judicial proceedings of what happens in this, and you start to learn that, wait a minute, you're done for unlawful possession. What do you mean lawful? What's lawful yeah. versus legal? Why are we talking about legal and legalization? Yeah, but yeah. you're charging me for unlawful? Does that mean there's nature, There's moments when it can be lawful? What are those moments? How do I get those? It just It, it changes yeah. the approach, whereas they go black and white, legal, illegal. And it's like I think I always use the comparison of, of of like of rape, for example. You know, what I mean there isn't a circumstance by which rape is lawful, so it's an illegal action. That fits into that categorization. Yeah. But, li- well, but lawful and lawful, or oh, the is, is, is the knife, the knife argument is a chef or you in your kitchen, you know, chopping up your herbs or whatever. That knife perfectly lawful. Took it in yeah. your waistband, walk out in the street, you're done for unlawful possession. Yes. The knife didn't do jack shit. So we don't need to legalize or criminalize knives because we can't. They have no agency or autonomy. It's not gonna stand in court with its fucking lawyer and go, well, your honor, I didn't mean to stab that person because it didn't mm. do shit. And the same is true with cannabis. So I think part of the the issue of the UK is, I'll hold my hand up, probably part of my fault, is the language, as I've always argued, until we get to the bottom and build a foundation of certainty where we all know exactly what we mean when we say whatever, we can actually move forward because every time we've channeled forward with a different argument, different movement, they've destroyed us on language. They've yeah. said to our faces the words, the buzzwords, and we've gone, oh, they're representing our interests. They've said all the words that we need to hear. And right. we go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they walk into a fucking room and they sell our souls and our future away to the highest bidder. And that's, Man, all- that's what's been
0: happening, mate. I've been seeing it over the last sort of two years with this the 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 medical side's being grown into this the superpower that's becoming me because there's no there's no an argument now the people have cottoned on to how much money can be generated from, from these cmbp prescriptions so what people are now are, are now involved in is it's it's huge as it's, it's, it's massive what i'm seeing is these people have got zero knowledge on this plant what they're now doing is they're now coming into this side of the line And they're now looking for people who have the knowledge you've been doing this for 20 years 30 years whether it's been growing or extracting or producing oils and things like this and then then getting these people into the fold on a salary and taking the knowledge for a pittance mate for a pittance
1: yeah i've I've seen i'm not going to name any people uh but as we both know quite a few people from the the scene from different movements and whatever else that have been headhunted into employed roles uh, by some of these uh, in, uh, industry represent- representatives um, and organisations, and it it's frustrating because then the conflict of interest becomes enormous,
0: massive. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's astronomical. The lines have been crossed. the 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 waters have been muddied by that point because you cannot be seen to be. One person on one side of the line and be on the other side at the same time—it just does not work. It has to be one yeah. or the other. What we- I'm seeing is more and more people are trying to get involved in this, this med- the, the medical side of things because there's may Let's not be about the bush. There's millions upon millions, tens of millions of pounds to be made every year in it. And if you can build the facility and you can gain the relevant licenses and you can get the relevant celebrities on board and get the endorsement and get the support from the general populace, you're going to probably, well, Mm -hmm. winging a prayer, you're probably going to start generating some income. It's a very fickle market, but if you've got the right people investing, it, it's going to happen. 100%
1: yeah if you've got the startup capital and you know the right people and you can grease the right palms then yeah the world is your fucking oyster
0: i I think that's what's happening there's a lot of internal things happening i don't know i don't want to comment on it or anything like that but it's just it's all just very very fishy suspicious Mm -hmm. thinking to me i'll comment on it i think it's all fucked
1: (laughs) i think we've we've long passed the point of I was talking to somebody about this the other day, of like, it's so hard. everything has got vested interest and everything is for profit. So the people that then speak on any given subject have a vested interest in profiting from whatever it is that they're trying to get you to believe or understand. So buy they're,
0: cigarettes, they're, buy they're, cigarettes, buy alcohol. But it's like it's advertising, mate. Now you're seeing adverts put it on the TV.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're still not saying cannabis. They're still obfuscating no. around. But then on the other side of it, they've got them lot going, the clinic's celebrating 420. And it's like, the fuck, yeah. like you can't, you don't get to co-opt and capture our culture no. <laughs> and then take everybody away. Like, cause this is the argument I've had of people go, oh, why is the UK? It's probably one of the answers to the, one of your earlier questions. Why is the UK ship? so behind? It's because they've taken everything from us. We used to be cannabis and we were the kids that, with epilepsy. We were the fucking, the grannies with fucking Alzheimer's or whatever else. We were the people with fucking cancer. We were the youngins and the vendors. We were the fucking, we were everybody. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they created safe havens. and went off, oh, you see hemp and CBD. You can have a business and wear the leaf and run around and go, oh, look, we're hemp, 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 and get all the, the benefit of the culture with none of the fucking risk and steal no. that from the movement. Then what happened with the fucking the, the medicinal sector and, and everything? And it's just, they've taken them the optics, and I don't mean to speak in such callous terms, but the optics of the frail and the infirm. So now anyone that isn't that, you're, oh, yeah, you must be deserving of it. Look at you, you deserve cannabis. But yeah. then if you're just a youngin and you can't be like, oh, my pot, bro," Just social then, behavior. Then you're, you're just a druggie. <laughs> and, yeah, and that's that's that two-tier system. And, and, then, and again,
0: come... the difference between the two is a piece of paper that you pay for.
1: Yeah, and they're trying to create this this two-tier system. I mean, they came out, there was a report the other day, I'm... Uh, I still don't know if it's in the public arena, so I can't comment on it for all I really fucking want to, uh, from one of the publications in the UK that was basically saying that uh, fifty up to 50% of the UK populace is eligible for a fucking medicinal prescription. It's like, are we trying in this country to get all of the cannabis consumers funneled through this medicinal thing? Is, is that what, what we're actually trying to do? Because they're basically saying to people, and the clinics know themselves. I've heard from, again, one of the former heads of one of the groups uh, involved in this. They know that 90 plus percent of their consumers are fucking smoking it. shit.
0: but it's only given as, a, as advice, though, so, on, on your prescription. So, I mean, if you were to get a for the doctor and mm-hmm. take that home and snort it, there's not one thing the doctor can do about that. Once you that's in your possession, you can do whatever the fuck you want with that. Mate. Well, I mean, tech
1: technically, if you then told them about it, they could argue it's an abusive medication and could withdraw it. But if you don't inform yeah. them... But it's only they, a they, guideline. It's advice. Well, this is this argument that I've had out, and I had this out with a couple of different clinics, various doctors. I've had it out with fucking police about this because no one can give me a straight fucking answer.
0: No, because you don't they, know this, me.
1: It's recommended. That's all they say is recommendation. Yeah. And the argument I got in with uh, Sapphire about this was, look, if I'm obese and I go to the doctors and the doctor says, you know, you should really try a bit of light exercise, you know, maybe join the gym or whatever. I then go, thank you, doctor. I'll take on your recommendation. If I then don't go to the gym, the police are coming to my door. I'm not going to get in no. trouble for it. And so it should be the same thing. The issue is under MHRA regulations under Schedule 2 of under the 2001 misuse of drugs regulations states in one fucking sentence at the bottom, the smoking of cannabis is prohibited. Yeah. By By who? Under what law? No yeah, it's an to... act. It's an act, me It's an act. It's an illusion. Exactly exactly that. I mean, and we already know there's a lawful defence that oh my vaporizer died.
0: Yeah. I I still, I, to I still need to medicate for I'll roll this sure. up and it's like if you look at the prescription as well, it says recommended daily, like amount zero point five grams. How many people do you know that are only having half a gram of flour a day? Well, yeah,
1: but they're recommending the, I think the standard guidelines across most of them that they've kind of got to in, in, in a standard place with it is, yeah, start at 0.1, like up to, on average packet, I think it's up to like a gram uh, per day, uh, build up slowly. But they're again, yeah. They're, yeah, they're basing that, as you say, on the fucking the vaporizer. But then if you're combusting and a lot of people are used to combusting, yeah, you're going to lose a lot from the conversion of combustion is going to destroy some of the cannabinoids so you're going to have burn off yeah. when you're smoking it or whatever. Yeah. But... To a lot of people, that if that has been their practice, like honestly, when if the, by the time I'm like frustrated and need a joint, just stopping, getting the tray. By the time I'm rolling the roach even and just setting the skin, I'm calmer. Putting yeah. in the bud and then and then it's the practice I, I and then it's like real.
0: It's the it's, it's the actual process of doing it. It's a ritualization that has taken over the thousands of years that it's been used for. It's a ritualistic. It's almost a religious ex- experience. People people use it in religion, mate. It's a religious experience to some people, and I could probably. I'm not going to say I could relate to that because I'm not religious in any any aspect of, of, of that. But um, I probably. I could see why people are calmed by the process, knowing that they've already begun the process of medication. It's almost like a a, a moment for mindfulness and meditation. Mm-hmm. entirely, and I think the same is yeah. true of then cultivating and consuming
1: your own. I think from taking, I've spoken of this on the podcast quite a few times, from taking something that you've produced that is so tiny, so minuscule, and yeah. nurturing it through the entire life process of it all, it, it it softens you to nature too. I've always said like yeah. nearly fifty fucking house plants in that time of year where some are starting to die because I've miswatered them, and it was suddenly yeah, fucking yeah. autumn. Um, I only have these post growing. It was because I started growing. I was like, oh, maybe what are other plants like? What's it like to have? And when I go into other people's houses, and there's no house plants now. It's like the summer missing. Yeah. Where's your nature? Where's you
0: putting yeah. your outdoors it, 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 in? Keep where your plan it? next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hey, man. And yeah. I I think um I think. Until you've done something from start to finish, whether it be growing tomatoes or anything, I'm not going to advocate anybody growing ad- growing cannabis, obviously. But uh, if you want to, if you want to um, go and experience something and get the get the rewards, start from a seed, and and I always say seed to soul because once you've done it from seed and you've consumed that product, whether it be fruit, vegetables, or otherwise, it's regardless of what anybody says it tastes better it makes you mm-hmm. feel better it's got that feel good factor to it regardless because you've put your heart and soul into that to nurture it through the 90 days or the 110 days or whatever it, it may be
1: yeah and it's 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 microbiome and it's sort of biology is built of the it same thing from your envi- from your environment it's your air yeah. it's your water it's the same Pollen or whatever else, if you're growing outdoors, or what if it, it's at least it's grown in the same sort of environment, so it's yeah. and yeah, I said, the connection to it, I think it connects in an archaic, quite primal way back to something in our ancestry of of taking the autonomy. It's, hard-wired.
0: It's, it's hardwired in the DNA. We're all hunter gatherers by proxy, mate. That's just who we are, <laughs> mm. yeah. True. I think it's just as simple as that,
1: really. Yeah, man. So I think reconnecting with that sense of autonomy and that sense of power is, yeah, it's a powerful thing. And I think that's why a lot of people are looking at homesteads. You're in
0: control. You're in control of that from start to finish. Like you say, Mm -hmm. you forget to water that, it's dead. You overwater it, it's dead. You're in control of, because it's a living thing, you're in control of that life. I think, yeah, I think once you see things from, the start of the cycle right through to the end of the cycle and then get to reap the rewards of your your hard work and, and harvest that. It's Yeah, it's it's good for the soul, mate. It's really good for the soul.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. Um, I'm just check, checking my naughty. We've done pretty well. We've covered quite a lot of the topics I already wanted to sort of touch on. Um, So keeping on sort of the, the private script system for a minute... Um, what have you seen obviously like you've been testing uh, Yeah, I've been how are you seeing that evolve because obviously you're yeah. saying like the legacy is going up 2% a year, what are we looking at on sort of the yeah. prescription See, now,
0: like you know me, I always remain neutral and I never try and name drop and I never try and bind myself legally to anything because I, 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 I want to be seen as being impartial, I want to be seen as neutral, I want to be seen like Switzerland mate, I don't want to get involved in anything, I don't want to be getting dragged into anybody's disputes or any arguments between growers breeders or otherwise Mm -hmm. so when i do these tests it's always impartial people don't want the results posted up or whatever i'll quite happily just delete them i'll test them i'll give them the information that's required and they'll delete them but i mean with regards to the the medicinal side of things i've never ever had a problem with the actual potency off the medication now the medication has always been what it says on the tin it's always been ron seal if you're getting a t10 c10 you're getting 10 percent thc or there are thereabouts and 10 percent cbd right through the board i've tested pretty much every single one apart from all the newer ones that are starting to come through now they're all testing pretty much bang on Mm-hmm. That my only gripe is the consistency of the quality yes there's flowers out there now that are very high quality flowers you'll pay upwards of 13 to £15 a gram for them yes they're nice, they've got a decent terp- terpene profile on them they test to be exactly what they say they are but I'm going to say this and I'm you know I'm not one for controversy <laughs> but I'm going to say it the quality of the flower that's still being grown in the legacy market is far superior, far superior. And that's, that's bold for me because <laughs> I'm all about the harm reduction and advocate for people to remain on the legal side of things, whether it's right or you think it's right or wrong. If you, you cannot put a price on your freedom to have cover. And I always say to people, if you want to have that, that sort of, that protection and sleep soundly in your bed at night, knowing that you can medicate the night before and quite happily get up and drive, drive in the morning, things like that, without having to worry about driving bans, anything like that, it's priceless. It's priceless. It, it is priceless. But it comes down to the morality of the actual situation, I think. Whether you think it's morally right or, or, or wrong, if you've got a family and you're driving around in a vehicle and whatever, your, your hand's kind of being forced to pay these prices. And that's that's what I do not... That's what is wrong. That's what I do not like about the whole situation. Mm. So people are now being... They're being coerced into this state. And like you, like you said earlier like we're now seeing these adverts on the tv and we're now seeing the adverts pop up on your social media feeds and things like this but they're still not referring to referring to the plant as being cannabis it's still being skirted around with smoke and mirrors to try and disguise this product just put it out there into the mainstream and then everybody knows that this can be obtained this can be obtained through legal avenues and i think that'll take away a lot of the stigma that still still surrounds the plant by the aging population
1: hmm. yeah i think the more exposure obviously the better um i just hope that it creates space parallel to it for discourse of that cannabis is cannabis is cannabis so at the end of the day it's that's i think what need, needs to be pushed but it does feel like there's an ever-increasing gulf between i mean it's i almost i was it was a some director, I can't pull his name out of my ass right now, that I was talking to, who's doing a TV pilot thing in the UK. And I was saying that they almost need to do a joke of the rec user who's trying to get high, but he accidentally keeps getting healed. Like, he's yeah. got a bad back and he goes, "Oh, I've got some, re- got, got some yeah. high-quality rec yeah. weed. And he goes home and he's like, oh,
0: my, oh, oh shit, I've
1: used him medicinally again. Fuck, uh, all right, I've got to get something else and goes yeah, to no, another spot. Yeah, and then yeah, he goes, yeah, oh, I slept really well last night. Oh shit. And just so, so yeah. cause again, it's, it, it, it's, it's different in every sense. Like if you then get the pot and you use that and you get benefit from, I mean, as I argued with Sapphire to probably to my detriment, which is probably why I ended up uh, the subject <laughs> of, a team, of a team meeting uh, for the clinic um, is that I got more benefit from the pot than the product that their weed was yeah, so-so but the weed I can access and may or may not grow or grow um, was of a much better quality. And I said, look, your pot is basically like that last being back in Amsterdam. It's safety, la la la. I'm safe. But I take the pot away. Oh crap! Uh, if I get pulled over, yeah, it's, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. And it's those consequences. And there's no, there's no difference to what is no. happening there or to the individual. It's the the prohibition creates the problematic paradigm. And through the war on drugs, most people now have a fear of the fucking police. You know, I do a lot of miles on the road, and you're driving on the motorway, and everyone's driving sensibly. Yeah, you've got your seventies here, seventy fives, your eighties, the occasional Audi or whatever doing your nineties. Um and the road just moves and it flows. As soon as a cop comes off, on off one of the fucking junctions, everyone slams on the brakes and yeah. everyone's trying to get in the left lane and everyone's trying to... And and the cops fucking know it. Or oh, you see yeah. them on the fucking street and everyone changes the behavior and stops talking. And it's, it's They're not serving the people anymore. They're, they're yeah. morally policing us. I say for morally policing us because there's no real
0: morality behind it. Yeah, uh, no, not anymore, mate. But we all know this day that the police are in, whether it be the Met Police, whether it be the, the, the police force nationwide. We, everybody, the, I think the general population know just how fragile policing is at the minute. I was in the car the other day, and there was a young lass and a guy standing at the side of the road next to a car that had obviously curved one of its wheels. It had sheared one of the, the, the wheels off the front. And that's nobody alive. I mean, she could not have been any older than 23, 24 years old. Mm. And you're lucky if this last was nine stone, eight stone, nine stone. You're like, what is she going to be able to do if the shit hit the fan? if it came mm-hmm. down to, is she going to be able to run and chase anybody? Is she going to be able to split up a fight? Is she, what policing mm-hmm. is this lass actually going to be able to do? Because she was she was tiny. Mm-hmm. So young, zero, zero experience, so inexperienced, so fresh. It's
1: madness. I, I think that's part of what they're doing. I think it's part of the beratement process, subtle psychological warfare that is engaged with by the police, so that you don't respect them in the same way. You don't engage with them in the same way. I'm no. not not being sexist or whatever else, but just even as trying to be a progressive individual and trying to be a decent human and moving through life, you still end up treating people in different ways through uh, previous experience and data that's been collected, through social circumstance, through, you know, different class paradigms and a multitude of other mechanisms. But you then try through that rapport with that, uh, sorry, talking with that person and build a rapport. And that is unique to that interaction. But then we're told to respond to them all in the same fucking way. I'm not then saying the big blokey dude should be able to throw his fucking weight around, but the guy that's then going to want to run away from that car that's being pulled over, if he sees, yeah, two small lasses, like you say, or whatever, he's thinking, I've got a fucking chance. Whereas mm. if he's then looking at the two fucking big, big dudes, uh, say in my head, they're quite healthy, slim individuals looking at they could run and chase and they could tackle and take down. And again, I don't want that a hyper militarized or aggressive police force, but they have to be able to show the illusion. I think it's the whole thing of smacking kids. I don't condone smacking kids. But I grew up in an era where I knew every adult could, yeah, and that changed the way I approached <laughs> the adults. Do, do you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying?
0: And you were, ne- you were never ever lippy either because you had that respect here because you knew the consequences.
1: But it wasn't then uh, like a totalitarianism. It wasn't authoritarian. It was just a general thing of I don't talk the same way that me and my school friends do when there's their parents around or whatever. Yeah. And it, you, yeah. you, you understood that there's different ways to communicate with different people, and again there's there's positive things for sending those people to say mental health calls sending the two fucking big dudes to the guy that's having a depressive meltdown in his house that's going to escalate the situation you're putting yeah. the optics of aggression and pulling you out of your house you send the oh you are alright love we'll get the kettle on There's this, you need that disperse and diversity, and then you need to put them into the right positions for them to be respected in those positions. But if, yeah, you send then all the football lads that are going to get fucking rowdy from a game after a game or whatever, not generalizing here, but just in terms of the optics and whatever else, you then send the bigger, you don't deliberately go, let's send, you know. XYz do you yeah, proportionalize yeah, yeah. it and I think that needs to be done and we're not there's not community cohesion and representation there is no. a real problem with with diversity and 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 I suppose then the expressions of ideology of the people in the force the force has become exactly that they try to tell us not to use that word anymore but they are a force. They, yeah. they are the force that is. They've got their own backs. So look at everything that's happened since you know Wayne Cousins and yeah, and, fucking, yeah. and I can't remember the name of the other fucking major cop. But they're now trying to check their own ranks and trying to sort it out. But they're still holding ranks.
0: Yeah, still protecting yeah.
1: protecting their own. That guy
0: shot, you have Yeah, they, they
1: shot shot the, 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 the armed the guys. Blackhead. Yeah, and, yeah, they shot him, and then like fucking forty colleagues t- t- uh, turned in their arms, and then the government went, "Oh, we'll get the army on the street," and it's like. Do we not remember the past century of fucking history in this country? The police were established by Sir Robert Peel to deny the capability and possibility
0: of the state putting the army on the fucking streets. Street, yeah. Like, we, we... But, that, but that's just the answer to everything. No, it's like, oh, you want to, you want to kind of buck the system? We've got an answer for that. We'll put this in place. We'll put that in place. they have always got that sort of that's element
1: the... control. The terrorism laws you know we had the yeah. patriot act in the um, states or whatever else and those reactionary acts basically meant that yeah we can paint it as whatever else so as soon as we got the army involved you fuck with the army that's terrorism yeah, Fucking with that's the police the- that's antisocial social behavior whatever but if we've got the army out there and then the army, basically, have, <laughs> they've got an edict to follow governmental order. You did literally, through the chain of command, regardless of the Nuremberg protocols and everything that we were supposed to have fucking learned at the end of the Second World War, every army general in position follows that hierarchy. And if yep. somebody says jump, you say fucking how high. The policing institutions, at least in a purely ease, like everything's wonderful world. If here's the, the, the constructs of the acts, they're upholding to us. We're police yeah. by, by consent. Huge air quotes for the people just listening there. Yeah,
0: massive air quotes. <laughs> but, but
1: we can't now withdraw our consent anymore. And they're then adapted all of these acts through the lockdowns and everything else uh, to ensure that they've got just enough control. And that's all they need for a threat of it. Yeah. If enough of us then don't stand down from the, the police authority, they can bring in the other. And they can yeah. be justified in it because these are terrorist acts. I mean, just look at the rhetoric that we're seeing around, as I keep saying to people, like, Really think of what you're fucking saying and you're regurgitating when you're going, oh, fuck the boats, get send them back. refuge." Like, equal, Regardless of your own political stance or whatever, they are fucking human beings at the end of the day. Regardless of getting a stance of what we should and shouldn't fucking do, what they do to them today, they will do to us tomorrow. Yep. Garin fucking teed. We, we've seen that t- countless times through history that if we don't protect the vulnerable, all they're doing is dividing us into smaller groups. Oh, All right, we've got rid of them. Sweet, that's next. news next? Okay. Yeah, we're not them, so we'll not help them. We're not them, so we won't help them.
0: Did you hear about that thing in, um, in Canada? I think it was two weeks ago. Now, everybody's experiencing like, unseasonally warm weather and stuff at the minute. There was a bit of heat wave in one of the states in Canada, and... People were sitting in the houses and it was like 28 or twenty eight or 29 degrees indoors, and these people were trying to put on their air conditioning units, but the government had actually turned off the smart controls to turn on their aircon units. So it's already happening. This this new new order. <laughs> With this this the smart
1: stuff. It's whether you it's believe the, the good conspiracy or not. I mean, what is it? It's self-monitoring um
0: the dps stick in it now now i won't go into it too much i know quite a lot about um the new smart technology and things like this Mm. everything can be accessed remotely without any pin or anything whatsoever anything it can all be accessed remotely if you know the serial number on that device you can get into that device's memory to see consumption, to see data, to see pretty much everything. They can actually monitor people, m- people's movements within the household through your Wi-Fi router now, just based on the signals coming back and the R the RFD signals coming back to the, the, the yeah the
1: mapping is scary yeah. I can't, there was yeah, one of the companies true, yeah. did a presentation on a stage and they basically went oh we did this and this and it shows the live time movements of people just yeah. through a basic fucking modem it wasn't how many any...
0: people are in the house if they've got pets how many times yeah. you go to the bathroom when yeah. they're in the bath when they're taking a shower things like that they can pretty much map your day-to-day life through your wi-fi router now so for all these people that are worried about messages and social media and they They're suggesting your phone to put in suggestive advertising and things on it. That is the least you get worries, guys. That is the least you get worries.
1: They're the allowed illusory problems, the things that we're allowed to see and worry about because they're dealing. Partner doing far other things. It's like I've said to people for a while, it's surveillance isn't necessarily a problem anymore. We are so hyper surveilled and everything is so yeah. fucking aware. And as you say, we're yeah, mapped, controlled. Too. What we've arrived at now is not even coercion, it's conditioning so yeah. we get up in the morning you touch your phone they've decided how you're going to live your day they've decided how you're going to behave by the things we'll that they're showing you
0: ad, we'll give you less yeah you're less d- kind of even
1: your do. friends updates and everything that's why they got rid of the chronology of on, on stories and everything else of different things it's like even your stories say on instagram yeah you like say look at somebody's two days in a row or whatever and it puts that as a primary one or whatever but then all the other it just It's a random fucking show. And then some people will hide it for fucking 40 hours and you won't get to see that person. Even if you click on the page. There's so many different fuckeries and it's so hyper personalized with what they can do to change and modify. Like at the peak of doing the live streams on Facebook, me and Facebook had like a six month fucking war where they just removed the video option. So my menus were edited. So yes. if I signed in on one account, I could show our videos, update this. And then so they got rid of the video option. I found a way around that using like Metasuite. Or, yeah. and, then, and then they they went, oh, this codex, this doesn't work. So then I changed the format. And then they went, oh, this format doesn't work anymore. And then there was a thing where I couldn't tag anything. And they just oh, they just kept changing, just constantly a thing. They're just yeah. not. And it was like, of the game, how, how the fuck? But it, it's they've got whole divisions of people that just tweak the blue. Literally, you'll have seen it yourselves, guys, at home. Sometimes yeah. you're like, is that F changed? Is the spacing moved? Is this... Blo-? And and yeah, the they're, t- t- they're tweaking it, and it's just yeah. then the measuring going, oh, we've got 4.6% more engagement, and... All of those opt, and again, that's, we think that's advertising, and oh, that's the big problem. No, that's the mechanism to fund their ideological goal, which, like I said, is to program us all. So, all of us think I'm a hyper-individual, think of how many people you know that have grown out their beard, shaved their fucking hair, got a VW van, are suddenly interested in climbing fucking mountains, and uh, do you know what I mean? Everyone's got a fucking XL bully dog in, in a certain part of the scene, everyone, it's the illusion of individuality. And so we're all trying to be the same archetype of each. And we think we're being unique, but it's not. It's the pre-sold presets designed for us by the masters above to then go oh well this group will then yeah. we've determined that through our socio, uh, sociological and anthropological studies that these will interact well with this group so what we'll do is we'll use taxation and, and whatever else and moving borders for fucking constituencies and rearrange these people here and create this cohesion and they'll have this political yeah. opinion as a consequence then we'll do this with these and they're just gerrymandering our lives yeah. and we're all Green going I'm, I'm, I'm unique unique the best thing any of us can do is ha- throw the in the fucking house spring as far away you can into the fucking woods and just breathe for an hour just that is the closest you will get to being human in this digital age because everything else is so artificial yeah literally sit with that fucking plant even if it is in the artificial environment you sit with it and she just she's just beautiful she just gives you this energy and this you feel connected to the source to to what it is to be human whereas these little concrete
0: cages man The angels even started getting that poison box, watching the poison box every day, being told what you're supposed to do and what everybody else's opinion is on the matter. You're not getting news anymore, mate. You don't get news anymore. You just get biased ideology. (laughs) Before it used to be before it used to be information and you make up your own sort of mind on it. Now you're being told the narrative as it is. I was actually laughing today. Now, this, I'm not going to speak too much about on what's going on in the Middle East at the minute, but I actually laughed today because it happens in everyday life more than what people actually like to admit that it happens. Now, they were talking about this conflict, and it's always Israel and Hamas. It's never Israel and Palestine. So these people are being misrepresented straight from the off. They're already being seen as uh, this... Well, let's, let's be honest, they're calling them... And so they're calling them Islamic extremists, insurgents. They're calling them all sorts, me. But they're never ever being described as Palestinian. And and it happens in day to day life as well more than what we like to think. We always pass, we always put these labels on people subconsciously. I think. Mm-hmm. And it, like when people are listening to that, they they're taking this in and they're hearing this and they're and like how many people just take that and never ever question that?
1: Yeah, I mean it's. There's so much of an issue that, that becomes propaganda from all sides because the the extremes become so far apart. And as we spoke before, with the false yeah, yeah, narratives, yeah. you're not allowed to talk about the nuance of the middle. And the so in between. It, yeah. yeah. So there was there's a really interesting video came out. I can't remember where the guy was from. Uh, I think looking at his garb, he was probably like UAE or that sort of Saudi Arabia, that kind of side of um. Uh, of islam and he basically was doing like a history lesson of what happened with the romans and the, the israelites prior to that and and so there was not a country formed as, as israel but there was a region in which the the jews had a presence in the land obviously yeah. that's in a huge part of the history with constant constantinople i can never say his fucking name yeah. sacking rome and then this, this the end issue of the roman empire is yeah, word yeah, there. And then the, inspired, the evolution yeah. and then the balfour agreement in 48 and everything that happened there. And the conflict ever since has always been one-sided. For all, yeah, Hamas have committed acts of of whatever else, but in terms of then the, uh, I suppose it's controversial, but in terms of like a collective collective genocide or whatever, the open air prison of Gaza, basically through, uh, after the Balfour Agreement was signed, I think it's 200 and, God, I should really try and get this right, but I can't read that off the thing I'm trying to look at in my head. It's 200 and something, no, it was 148, I think it was villages were sacked almost immediately. And then they stripped the West Bank and Gaza with the two mm-hmm. basically, there was a few other little territories and regions that were then pushed back through various different conflicts over the year when, you know, Lebanon and whatever else got involved. And there was issues with, with it Yemen were involved at one point with the conflict. Yeah. I'm trying to pull the history out of my fucking ass here. But basically, yeah, the, then when this happens, and obviously, yeah, you've got intervention allegedly from Iran and other fucking other state actors. But it's yeah, as you say, the painting one as the other. It's they get yeah. to create this false binary narrative. You are the good thing that we like, or you're the bad thing, and they get to yeah, paint yeah. and use whatever language. So then, like got, uh, fucking Israel, there's already fucking several videos up that are showing them again using phosphorus. That is a war crime. Right. They're indiscriminately targeting fucking ambulances, fucking hospitals. Like there was a whole fucking parade recently for the, the volume of press people on both sides that are just getting fucking whacked. It's the, there is no honor in war. There is no good. No. Oh, we're the good side. They're the Nazis. They're the bad guys. We're the good guys. Yeah, it's, there's no winners, it's, man. it's it's all so much more fucking complicated. And that isn't again to excuse anybody on either side. My, my heart breaks for any individual stuck in that fucking region. Yeah. But they're, they're fighting because of their ideologies, their belief, you know, but one side is, is fighting for its fucking survival yeah whereas the other is 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 fighting to improve its condition in life and to take more and to frankly there is only one that th- a lot of palestinians are not islamic a lot of palestinians are christian a lot of palestinians are fucking jewish a lot of jews don't support israel it's yeah. the, the the whole thing is so complicated you can't yeah. just say that one this one that i mean the whole group of the orthodox jews massively support traditional idea of two state policy it's not an yeah. either or it's it needs a fucking nuanced conversation. Frankly, with people that belong in that conversation, you and I don't, but it's, uh, we, we, think we, think we talk point, about it because it's it's the kind of thing that could happen anywhere at any point. it's the same rhetoric and language and trickery they would use with us. We would always be the good guy. If somebody fucked with us, we could literally like nuke another country and we'd be like, oh, we fucking beat the yeah, whoever. We've, yeah, we've, yeah, the yeah. goes, we'd have a parade and it'd be like, no. We've done a bad not
0: thing. Trying to, not trying to, like belittle the situation or anything. Like trying to get back onto what we we're saying before. Like mm. they've been mislabeled and they've been they've been labeled as this terrorist organization or whatever. Now us not get into the finer details of things. It's kind of exactly the same in our sort of day to day life and the aspects of what we do. Like we are, let's be honest, the the underground legacy marketer. are. Hamas <laughs> here, we are being mislabeled, mate. We are the driving force of this medicine. We are the ones that have the knowledge, we are the ones that own the own the rights to this. We are the ones that need to take the stances and take the power back, mate, because it's getting to the point where these bigger pharmaceutical companies are pulling the rug from underneath their feet, and there's gonna be nothing we can do about it. Once you get to the point where They're producing this on, well, they already are producing it on such a level that it's it's taxable to the millions. So once they get to the volumes where they have, let's say, 50% of the UK consuming medicinal flour, and they've managed to get the price down to around 5 to £6 per gram, then what is going to stop the masses just then going forward and paying for this? There's nothing that's... Yeah, it's... It's about, fa- I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is, and around about fashion, mate, it's about time to like fight for what you believe in as mm-hmm. well with regards to this. Like, we're talking about all this shit that's going on everywhere else, not that it's shit. I'm not trying to belittle the situation, no, all this other no, stuff, no. stuff that's going on in the in the world at the minute, mate. There's a lot of turmoil going on at the minute. And all we can do ourselves, mate, is, is, is look after ourselves. Mm because we're not getting any help for anybody else but i think that's
1: that's the weird thing i think it's something that was installed into us after the lockdowns and everything else is we've become very everyone is now you know main character syndrome everybody is there's there's a loss of a respect for the social spaces the social contract i think has been it was being broken there isn't an etiquette of how to handle it ourselves in public and whatever else and people just being cringe and embarrassing and just using others as props in content and and, and in background characters to their lives and it's just it's it's disgusting and we've just lost
0: every day yeah you see on instagram every day on facebook every day it's it's about using other people to gain leverage for yourself and it's why are why are we not trying to lift these other people up why are we not trying to raise these people because
1: because what they're installed into us what was inculcated into our consciousness during the lockdowns was scarcity more than ever the idea that no there's only a few of these and you've got to be quick look at what happened with us with toilet roll and shit in this country you know what i mean like christ or pasta the first few months and it was like pasta was gone you could not get fucking pasta anywhere because everyone was oh we're gonna put it'll stall longer and i think there is this mechanism in us that we're basically being told now whatever side you kind of listen to the world's gonna end there is no yeah. future, there is no future. And I think the rise of traditionalism, people wanting to homestead and wanting to like get off grid and et cetera, is, is continuing to rise. And I say this as somebody who feels yeah. that yearning as well, yeah. is is this idea that the future, every iteration of it gets worse the promise, you and I, very similar age, we came from analog into digital, and the promise of that, like stepping up in the PS2, and you were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, look at that. You you were (laughs) like, it was like God, and you were like, all this expansion that's gonna happen, one day this will connect the internet, and one day, and you were looking at it, And I remember driving back with my mom from Blockbuster, and being, you know, one day, it'll all be on the telly. None of this, there'll be none of this, it'll all just be in the air, all in the ether. And yeah, so we had all of this promise, and look what happened. They just yeah. fucked it all. They took it all. They got <laughs> richer and richer, and all the technology. And same with social media. We had like Bebo and MySpace. And the worst problem you had with MySpace was figuring out your top eight and dealing with the politics of your friends going, "Why am I number three? You yeah. haven't seen Dave all week. I've seen you three times this week." It's that kind yeah. of shit. It wasn't then about the algorithms manipulating you. Or what? You had to you you were self guided yeah things yeah. like rotten.com yeah, yeah, yeah. like jesus christ the damage oh, we did maybe, to our little brains yeah
0: no right think of how many people are still suffering for ptsd for watching <laughs> things on like on that and a few what was the other one Ogresh and all these other things yeah, oh but it's, my god mate. I, I kind of think i prefer that
1: though in a way in a way i'm not saying it should be like the it's algorithm really then giving it to watch you, it you. but everything should be available and if you so choose uh, to go to that space whereas now you click on the internet and you're guided. 90% of people don't go to fucking websites. Even like to get to, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'll click and open my browser if I'm then on Chrome or whatever. I'll just open the Google thing and type in Facebook or whatever. I won't go Facebook.com. Or, and so mm-hmm. we, we live through the search engines. So if that search engine then decides it wants to send me to this link one time, like yeah, when I bought my, my visa when I was in America and I paid for the fucker. And I was like, what the fuck? And it turns out when you Google it, People are paid for adverts to get ahead of the government link, the free government yeah. link. There's these paid services that then interject yeah. and you go through it all. And you're obviously in a rush and you're scared and at the end of it, it's like, pay $10 or whatever. You're like, fuck's sake, fine, whatever. And you don't question it. And yeah. so- Yeah, so it's, and they support that. These systems support it. So that's just on one little mechanism. Imagine that, as you say, it expanded out. And that's just with the smartphone as is. Before yeah. too long, everything will be smart. The internet of things, it's still the end goal of Silicon Valley. They want your toaster to knock on you. They want to oh, know fucking everything about you.
0: It's like my, my TV. I can switch my TV on by talking to it.
1: Yes. Audio activated stuff scared me. Like when the Xbox first came out, the Xbox One, I think it was, and they were talking about it. It was integrated. It was connect. It was going to be, you had to have connect attached. And I was like, all right, fine. Don't care. Don't want it. And then they started sending a bundle without connecting. They're like, it doesn't need to be connected. And I was like, okay. But then I've got a smartphone. Yeah yeah it's ridiculous and you can't kind of win with it do you know what i mean so I, no. you don't want to then live your life you're going i'll put this in which i have done actually to be fair, when i've met some serious people. I've put phone like technology goes in a different room. It's one side, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you can't do that every fucking day. You need, you still need it. I, I've found my Dude. old Nokia's and I want to get on that. But then all
0: of the benefit of the phone. What if I want to take a picture? What if I need yeah, maps? What if that. I want to yeah. Spotify? What if? Da, 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 da? Yeah. And see, like, the thing for me, like, for what I do and stuff, the technology for me is so important because I'm always trying to see what's next. The next thing for me is, like, an HPLC machine. And that's that, for me, is just not realistic. It's not realistic by any stretch of the imagination. I cannot wheel this around, like a teacher pulling in the TV at the school on the big, on the big death with the dollies on it. I just, I cannot be doing that. It's just With with the right funding, you could put it in a van and... I probably... Mate, let's be honest, I probably could if I really wanted to, but it comes down to finances and it comes down to investments from myself, not just financially, but Time as well. Time for me yeah. is the most important thing at the minute. When I'm running these samples, these samples take time now. When I'm running distillate and oils and things like this, they have to go through decarboxylation processes. They have to be able to be, they have to be a certain viscosity to fill the test slides, etc. It takes time. What people don't realize is this is my free time. I'm giving this to the masses. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's time for everybody to kind of come together and just try and organize within the community just some sort of decimalized testing whether it be for minor like minor cannabinoids and toxicity or pesticides like these things there's machines out there that can be purchased for these but it costs money. It costs money. People expect everything for free mm. now. And it's just, I'm at the point where to take this next step, it's going to have to be a massive investment into technology, into, a, into some sort of device that can do all of this. And for me, it's quite daunting because I'm not going, to, well, I'm, I'm not willing to invest upwards of £20,000 on an HPLC machine. Mm. It's just, for me, it's just not reality. But for the community, UK wide, it's 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 very very accessible, very probably very affordable as well. If everybody mm. wanted some sort of uniform test, and then yeah, it's it's up to the people now, mate. Really, it's, it's like int- I've, been, sorry, I've, been, I've been. I was doing a lot of testing like a while back, obviously for like synthetics and things like that, testing for. Like K1 and SPICE and all the other nasties that were going in there. I was even getting like opiates and vape cartridges and things like that for a while coming back on the opiate dips, um things like that. But an HPLC machine would be able to print out exactly what's in everything, right down to the 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 the, the atomic levels, right down to the minutest of the particles. So it's probably going to be beneficial for everybody in that aspect. But why? Who makes me the testing man i've kind of done yeah. that myself yeah you've kind of painted yourself into a corner there
1: brother um yeah. <laughs> but i think you i agree there needs to be uh like a decentralized thing and it's it's something that um was, i think it was me and dr cali seaman were chatting about uh, several months ago yeah. and i was saying that what we need is access to ubiquitous testing and creating data that then goes our stuff is no fucking different if we could have enough of a wide data set that we're also then testing all the script and all the, air uh, street stuff, once yeah. we account for the variables of gangs and dickheads and sprayed fucking, you air know, in, uh, quotes, industrial hemp, low THC, imported cannabis with like turps, this whole thing with like HHC and fucking Delta-8 and stuff being sprayed on the same flower, as you say, spice, and once you account for those variables and those elements, the rest of
0: it, I reckon we will have a stronger fucking efficacy for. Oh, maybe. Like, bef- like before, before people knew that I was testing, like the extracts and things like that, it was in a big way, mate. There was a lot, a lot of really bad products out there, oils that were that had more like isopropyl alcohol in them and THC levels, mm-hmm. some coming back with 3 and 4% THC. That's supposed to be oil, mate. You're, you're supposed to be getting things... How do you six. get some at that low? <laughs> the, 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 the people have just not mm-hmm. done the, the process behind it, and they're selling this product as a medicine. That, to me, that, that, that's why I do this. I do it for the harm reduction side more than anything. I don't do it for the THC levels. I don't do it for the CBD levels. I do it so I know... That the products that are being made available at these events or at these parties, festivals, whatever it may be, is what it says it is. Mm-hmm. You then need to make that informed decision whether you want to consume it based on pesticides, heavy metals, et cetera, et cetera. The... I'm only giving you a a, a a rapid presumptive test to tell you what the what it is and what the 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 what the, the Percentage off the cannabinoid is whether it's THC, CBD, mm.
1: and that's the best first step that we can hope to offer. Like you're saying, in Thailand with an exploding market, as is that they haven't even got that first step. You've then got no. on the, the other side of it in the states: lab shopping, and lab yeah. fraud.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, that me. I was. I, I didn't want to touch too much on the the, the ins and outs yet. But yeah, I know certain growers in Canada that have sent their flowers away for testing. They send around two or three ounces away for testing and they get the results back and then they send another batch away for testing with a bigger amount of money and then they get the results thereafter. So it's like you say, you can buy certain certificates and certain labels. I've tested products that have come with these inflated labels on them and these claims for the COAs I mean, you're getting these certificates of analysis with them, and you're putting them next to the actual the HPLC printouts. You can guarantee if you do a, a third party test on them, they're miles apart. Some some dispensaries in America had a three hundred percent difference in the potency of the flower. Uh,
1: again, it's because they the market is still so nascent and so new that. People still think that's good. Highest THC is good. It's good. It'll fuck you <laughs> up. It'll fuck you up more. I uh, Can't wait for it to evolve more like alcohol. Because could you imagine that's what alcohol was like? People were just queuing up and be like, "I want that fucking absinthe. Absinthe. You got any absinthe? Now let's go into the shop. Let's get some absinthe."
0: You see the thing, like like these high percentage alcohols are a new thing, mate. These have not been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. We were drinking beers and wines that were around four to six percent. If you were lucky, you maybe get one at eight percent. Right up into the right up into the early say. Mid-1800s, I'd say mid-1800s until they realize you could actually start distilling the mash that's left over and make a super concentrated alcohol. The super concentrated levels of alcohol and beverages is a very, very new concept in the grand scheme of things. We've been drinking meat and beers and lagers and ciders and perries for hundreds and hundreds of years.
1: That's, that, that's what I was trying to figure out here of the, yeah, it was the Irish are one of the oldest uh, producers of instilled spirit in, in, um, in, in whiskey in, tw- in the 1200s. Well, and yeah. I, I, re- I do remember reading somewhere, this is going to sound fucking crazy and I've never been able to find it ever since, but it's something I've quoted before. There was a letter that was sent from the fucking Vatican to monks in Ireland, telling them to stop consuming stop yeah. magic, magic mushrooms. And at the, there may be something related to them. Them going well. All right, if we can't have the fucking magic mushrooms, we'll get fucked well, up on the, on the whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, but yeah, again, you're right. So there was a point where beer was safer than water, and yes. so it was, you you fermented and we produced the the hops and grains in into the various forms of alcohol, and we filtered it at different points and. Yeah, it the was, idea, it was considered that, that you've purified it and it just so happened to have alcohol in it.
0: So, uh... The ideology of having these spirits and these high-alcohol drinks is a relatively new concept, mate. It's not as if it's just... As if it's been there forever, it's not... It's, it's just happened. It's, it's it's very, very fresh in the grand scheme of things. Like, yeah. I, 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 I know growing up, Certainly like when well, I grew up in the countryside and in Scotland. So when, when we grew up, alcohol was probably given to you around teenage years. Mm. And you maybe had a a, a a shandy or whatever at a party or sat in the corner away kind of thing and it was it was never ever frowned upon. But I would say that leads you on to drinking spirits and things like that. It leads you on to drinking harder liquors. Mm. But why it's it's mad. It's mad when you think about the, the, the lawfulness of the two products where you look at alcohol and then you look at cannabis. So when you look at one, the amount of people and the amount of money it costs, the NHS and the actual the, 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 the infrastructure, the UK. how much it actually costs the UK per year compared to a plant that you can produce yourself. Well let's be honest, you can produce alcohol yourself, but it's probably easier to grow a plant, I would say. Well
1: yeah, it's Probably an equal sort of time processing because you need to like allow the yeast to ferment and whatever else. Uh, um,
0: but it's but one it's, makes it's a, it's a quite one a... lawful and one makes the other unlawful is the fact that they're, they're able to give you a set measure of a liquid and tax it at a set price for over the year. So when it comes to the budget, next year there'll be a rise in alcohol, there's an extra 2% VAT, you got two pence VAT onto the pint or whatever, and a pint costs this much. But now when it, it, you're growing a plant and you're growing something at 18% and then the next one that you grow might, might be 22% and the next one might be 20%, there's a variation in that and it's, it becomes difficult to then put a price tag on it.
1: With this variation in the crop, as, as we know, like the bottom to the top, the popcorn buds at the bottom are going to have a, a different cannabinoid profile. To the the main color on the top of the plant, and so there's gonna, there's inconsistency in the the batches themselves. Even if from clones and whatever, if this one was closer to a fan, this one was further. That was closer yeah. to a light. There's there's so many other variables. Whereas you're right, like alcohol, they've worked over time to standardize the the space. See, so you, you know, then our oh, whiskey is going to be like what forty percent. Fucking fucking uh, yeah, fucking, sure. uh, uh, uh wine's going to be like twelve percent. A beer's going to be like four or five. You know, an ale probably closer to a fucking seven eight or whatever it is mm-hmm. and so there's a general kind of understanding of that whereas cannabis is so fluctuating and ever-evolving it's not like the the, the same hops that are grown for one fucking beer is the same genetic across the yeah. fucking board because they need to standardize that recipe to get it to be the same at the end of the day whereas cannabis we don't want that because unlike say alcohol you could drink budweiser all the time and you're not suddenly going to get a tolerance to him But like, Budweiser's not affecting me i'm gonna go drink guinness and be like whoa fucking hell yeah, yeah, cannabis is so so different like that in terms of its, its tolerance or its appeal you want different things at different times yeah you know you want to sit out and maybe have like a fucking a margarita or some shit if you're having a fancy fucking dinner it's really warm outside you fuck, sat with a plate of fancy or you're just with fucking lads you're gonna neck some fucking beers or you're with the missus and you're having some wine with dinner or what it, it's different yeah. for different situations and the same is, is true of weed and they're not going to be able to shove us they're trying to almost shove us into the alcohol box without giving us the, the freedom and the re- loose regulations yeah. of alcohol because if they did, we'd end up with yeah, Thailand for a while or the wild west of the states for a bit before the legislation really kicked in. But then the market will settle, it, yeah.
0: I it, think it was the same with it, it was the same with the sort of the, the medicinal side of the, the, the industry way, way back when I first started get my prescription. It was very much like, ah. Uh, there there wasn't a lot of option. The products were there. They were a standardized product. You got what you were paying for, but like you say, it's you were just getting one product. You were just getting the Budweiser. Yeah. And that and that's all you were getting, kind of thing. Now it's it's evolved, it's evolving. They're starting to realize that these terpenes and these different cultivars are are really important to actually bringing forward different kind of effects. Like you say, you get different effects off it. Like if you're going to be smoking something like this, like a a strain, like um, Blue Dream, very, very medicinal strain, hyper, hyper medicinal strain, and then you're going to go and smoke something like i'm gonna say i was trying to avoid it but you go and have like something like a dog or something like a gorilla glue something like that and it absolutely locks you to the couch it's like (laughs) it's like the difference between having a cognac and then having like maybe like you say a lager or or a wine or something like that we're having a nice sort of mellow blue dream kind of strain that's nice sort of level Sort of high that you get off it, or you can go and have two whiskies or a double cognac, and then when it's equivalent to smoking like something like a Star Dog or whatever else, and it absolutely comatoses you. It all comes down to personal preference at the end of the day, but the I will will say the medicinal side of things is improving massively. They're starting to get a lot more variety, a a bigger sort of variety of flowers that Mm. people know the strain names off now as well it's not just yeah, they're the, not trying to hide it anymore yes it's not just like c10 t10 or or or, or flaws or, or or whatever they're not putting this almost um misleading labeling on it so it's, it's now being marketed as a t20 c1 mm-hmm. and then it's giving you a name after it so you can then reference what you're consuming, and then you can make that informed decision whether that's going to be good for you or not. It's yeah. kind of giving the, a bit of power back to the consumer or, or, or the patient, let's go on, at, at the end to an extent, but you're still having to pay for this privilege.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... It obviously benefits them. We benefit backhandedly, but they benefit because then we can Google what it is or go to, you know, shout out MedBud uh, or any other, you know, resource and look at these things and then go, actually, here's the fucking, the terpene profile. Then allowed to sell us on the terpene profile no, no. because we're only prescribed it as an off-label medication for a percentage ratio of THC to CBD, depending as on... the
0: medication, yeah. yeah.
1: so it's it is, uh, was told to me by one of the prescribers. Uh, cannabis is a cannabinoid delivery system for two primary cannabinoids. Everything else is a contaminant. Included in the terpenes. So it's a way if they can, so they increase their market share and people can access them, well, oh, cool. But actually what that then does for the optics, if you start talking to the distributors and you start talking to the fucking yeah. dispensaries and you go, where did you buy this? Where did this hellfire come from? This Gorilla glue, this, whatever. Oh, it's, this is from Canada. And okay, you go and you look at the producer and you go, well, this was a recreational product. It's so yeah. they've, just, they've just split it in half. Go, actually, if we it's sell being, it over here, we make illegal. more money. Yeah, and that's what the whole GMP and EU GMP thing is. It's about the packaging, not the fucking product. It's Brother, an illu- like illusionary it. thing. Yeah, and it's. They've got us tricked into
0: believing it, but it's. It... Like I, I was involved in this process way back. I think it was 2018 or very early in 2019 when I was first getting medicinal. Or when I was first getting prescription flour. And like you say, there was no terpenes. It was just flour. It was just. Mate, summer was, I'm not going to go into too much detail because there was a lot happened and I had to be very careful with the what I was releasing and the statements that I was making and things like that. But back then, it was criminal. It was just a money-making scheme. That's all it was. I've very nearly exposed a few very high-profile companies now in the market and, um, then had to change dispensary because they would not dispense said medication after I'd done third-party tests on it. The Mm. quality of the product since then, since that day, (laughs) has rapidly increased, mate.
1: And this, this is it. We, we need a mechanism by which to hold them accountable because they're uneducated. They're given a basic right. education program, which is basically a sales pitch, the same as if you went to go sell cars and sit you in a room and go, this is what we do and this is the language we use and this is how we do it and how you should approach X, Y, Z. And the disrespect that's created by the paradigm that we're then told, I see it constantly. I saw some the other day, I didn't click on it on YouTube and it was one of these news affiliate programs and there were, this is our cannabis expert. And she sat there and I, and I looked at it and I said, like, doctor, whatever. And I clicked down and read a credential. And I was just like, fuck off. She like, kind of, like, like exactly. Do, some do, some kind of but that's well, the thing of what the they're, that they're trying to do is again, it's this is further up like pushing away and obfuscation of our community. We're just demons and bad guys and druggies and villains. Cause otherwise you'd be a good person and be a patient.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But,
1: so what do you choose? Do you want to do you support teenagers stabbing each other on bikes? Or do you want these these doctors and, you know, they're buying their second house and paying for their yacht? And uh, it, it's and backwards, the backwards sense of it is I'm morally still fucked with this because I need to continue recording the fucking NHS to continue on with the private prescription while I'm on my autism assessment, which is a three fucking year waiting list. So I'm basically told that I've got to then pay a racket to, then fucking protection money to this fucking clinic for the right to be kept on a list. It's a fucking yeah. it's, it's it's an insanity Mad the way that they've, they've they've
0: set these these systems. Up. it all comes down to the monetization of it, mate. Before before anybody knew anything about the legal access to flower and things like that, everybody was happy and everybody was just getting on. And now that this has come about, it's probably another reason, like we touched on earlier, probably why there's so much division and infighting now as well, mate. Because they they're putting this know this other secondary choice there now they're making it Mm. i wouldn't say easier because it's not just as easy well it is just as easy as to call them up and and book a consultation and things like that now so it probably is easier to have it delivered to your door without having to go and see david in the street or or mikey around the corner kind of thing it's Mm. It's kind of getting that way, and I think people are starting to realise, and that maybe that's why there's so much infighting because they're trying to get whatever's left of the the pie. I don't know, mate. I'm just yeah. assuming. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud.
1: No, no, I, I think you're right. Like I kind of very loosely alluded to before, I think there are, there will be revelations which I think will reveal why there is these these divisional narratives and where they came from you know the whole skunk psychosis myth and there's so much that again I can't I wish I could speak to at this moment but it's somebody else's pride and joy and I've just been lucky enough to be able to see um, you know a, a draft version of it and from what I've read of it I think they are onto something and I can't wait for that to be in the public eye and hopefully for us to have a conversation because I think it will reunite the people that are not part of this cabal that are yeah. not, not on the inside of this conspiracy. Once we can, you know, show what this thing is, everyone else that isn't, you like, guys fucking, that's the enemy. That's the bad thing. Let's fucking deal sure. with that. And as, as you said, I think testing is, is vitally important. We need to figure out a way whether it's like some sort of charity or some sort of commission it's set up as like a research thing with a oh, university or
0: whatever so they've got it's licensing ample or opportunity to like they have this like accessible whether it be through funding whether it be through sponsorship or even a fund or, or something like that i think it's imperative to have it for the consumers that are unable to afford the private prescriptions because these private prescriptions are not cheap if you are the person who is living from paycheck to paycheck you are unable to go and spend 3 400 pound on your medication every month because you want to buy food to put it in your stomachs mm. it's if you have a if you have a spare 20 or 30 pounds 40 pounds whatever it is these days at the end of the week you can then go and buy yourself some said medication which
1: we, also, how, we, we have a culture of ticky as well and things like you go and buy you're by it so like someone will just live off it and so then they've got it for a bit and then I'll run down, I'll arrange to see whoever and even like getting out and socialising with them, that is a positive thing, I suppose it depends on yeah. the relationship with, with yeah. dealers and how you're connected, if you've only got those criminals that we alluded to before and you've got shit supply, like I mean we had a whole conspiracy of individuals in Durham that were working with a taxi company and they were basically just running around fucking weed and all sorts and they were providing glass sprayed cannabis, like fucking ground up, smashed up glass sprayed under the fucking bags because of the weight that it adds, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. literally grit it, smoke it, and, <laughs> and you click get your glums and bleed slightly, like, you'd be like, What the fuck? And you try to rub it off and you'd hurt yourself. So there's those, if you're there with your only fucking people, I understand that this is hyper-attractive. But then if you've got say you can produce your own. If you've got a good system and you're relatively well adept, and say using LEDs and making smart of your space, you can get your ounces down at like thirty quid. Yeah, the clinics will never touch that. Neither will the street dealers either. That are going to charge you whatever, even
0: if you start buying like really quality album boxes. And that's where, like, more on your sort of narrative for the decriminalisation of the plant is it holds itself up because if if it's decriminalised. You're able to provide your own medication at a very small cost to society. In fact, you're actually contributing to society by paying the extra electricity bills.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is what I argue to people. A home grower is a better taxpayer than the biggest 10 corporations in this country. You pay more tax than Google, Amazon, fucking Apple, Microsoft. Because yeah, if you're doing it right, I will ethically always say to fucking people, pay your fucking electric. We we are you're growing for your own autonomy or whatever else, but if you then not do that, you fall into that paradigm. If you're then a criminal, you're willing yep. to break other fucking laws. I I'll admit I break laws, but I break rational laws for moral reasons in a way that I would happily defend myself in a court of law. Yeah, you know what I mean. To touch wood, I wouldn't fucking want to have to but I'm prepared to. And as part of that, when I then have to touch wood, if I ever have to, I don't want to have to try and justify stealing electric or any other proliferal potential crime. Um, I can then stand on my morals and on my argument of going, no, 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 this is, you know, why I've chosen to do this.
0: Yeah. As me, as as and it all comes down to this, the, the two words again is lawful and unlawful.
1: And it's, yeah, when you understand what lawful and unlawful is, who gets to dictate that? Who gets to benefit from that? And again, this is part of this narrative that I think is going to start to come out about the licensing and the regulation and a small cabal of individuals that are responsible for the handicapping of the industry in the UK. And since we're post-Brexit, for all thankfully, we're still under the European Human Rights uh, Convention, which should help us out with some court cases and stuff that we've got moving forward. Um, But it means that whatever happens in the block of Europe we're gonna be left behind. And unless we get a progressive government that goes, is it not better for us to get ahead of Europe and then sell it, sell into them and become (laughs) a strong ally and fill all the land with weed, or wait for them to do it and on a scale, not be able to produce our own? Because we had that happen at the end of the, not Victorian era, who the fuck, which queen was it? My royal history is terrible. Uh, first, Victoria the first.
0: It's, it's
1: um, happened over and an awful we got We got reliant on fucking Russian, Ukrainian, fucking, uh, what's that other bloody form of Eastern Bloc country that I can't think of right now, Romanian uh, low-THC cannabis. And so rather than, because we had a history of domestic production for quite a fucking long time. Yeah. And then the more the colonies we colonized and the more of the empire we built, we then diversified that to other regions. And then we became dependent upon them when these regions became autonomous or obviously through global criminalization starting in like the 8040s. But prior to that, these were resources that give people trading power. And I think that we have to then look at this thing of going, look, globalization is over in terms of resource sharing. Most countries are now over the past 12 months going, we need to produce everything at home. Yeah. everything is on a knife edge at any point the waterways shut at any point the port shut like you saw during lockdown like the only things that we were allowed to kind of just drag through was international food trade but even then we started to lose a lot of resource like not just yeah, those I mean they, collecting
0: they, they never had any problem like supplying masks and things like that for the, all these government contracts so mate it's there was a hell of a lot of fucking
1: profit I mean the one thing uh, I've kept an eye on the, the conferences for labour and whatever the one thing I've heard them say that actually was like you may I'll agree with that is it, obviously it's a promise a pledge so take that at yeah. face fucking value but they were saying of creating like a covid uh fraud investigation unit and looking at this because i mean was it gary uh it's gary does economics i can't think it was last name uh, but he then he always talks about there's somewhere in the region of 700 million pounds was printed and released through fraudulent contracts and everything else that first track and trace what was that name yeah. 35 billion and it's just, we've just had to figure, well, well, shut up, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. It's like they wonder, they wonder
0: why the interest rates are going up and inflation's taking place because they're probably nearly £50 billion pounds worth of money. Wages, in it's wages.
1: It's you people want, wanting raises. It's like, what do you mean? We've had a 10% plus some, some industries, 15% plus real terms. Loss from their in- increase going up less than the fucking uh, the, the the inflation. Rate of inflation. It's uh, and they know these mechanisms, and it's when you know that they control all of these things. We then plug cannabis into that. I think you can understand why there's a lot of people that are just hyper paranoid, hyper like they see these posh individuals, frankly, because that's what it is. It's a gentrified uh, boys' club, richitonians, and all these fucking things. You look at people like Jacob Rees-Mogg are invested in fucking cannabis. Do you know what I mean? But then we're still the druggies and the wrong ends, yet they're fucking making money from this. They're making deals that'll set up
0: yeah. generational wealth. Yeah, it's smart. And see, the thing is that's we're, inst- we're we're too far past it now, mate. We're institutionally corrupt now at that level, and these people are only passing laws and putting bills forward and changing acts to suit themselves and to suit their, their own gains. You know, we always talk about GW Pharmaceuticals and Theresa and, May and what went on there. That is the biggest example of just how corrupt the, the Tory government was, mate. Look at how many people are now sitting in their big country houses where with their log burners gone, not got any air source heat pumps or renewable energy panels, or they're not worried about their, their energy bills, mate. They've made hundreds of millions of pounds through the leak or through the legalization of medicinal cannabis in the UK. Yeah, and they're set
1: to make all the more because... As I keep trying to say to people, we are we are not America, and the mechanism of the House of Lords and the corruption that is in place there means the first law past the post in this country will be the only law we will have for yeah. 50 years, because yeah. our politicians, oh, the Prime Minister's retiring. Oh, uh, here's my 50 people I want to fill the House of Lords with, so they'll protect the laws and the acts and the assets that we fucking set yeah, in place. Uh, yeah. And then it becomes hereditary, and their son then takes over, and they've been brought up by their parent to only protect their assets, and it's it is, it's, it's just a vicious blood sport for them. And it's just, it's, a, oh, look, we got more than you. Let the other guys in. Because frankly, you look at Blair, you look, it's a fucking war criminal. Uh, you get a hundred plus grand talking about fucking peace around the fucking world. It's, it's an atrocity, the whole thing, it's a, it's a pageantry. But as you say, it's so corrupted that anybody that is, gets into that position that seeks to be of opposition, they're not, they're just lying to us.
0: Because yes. if they were actual opposition, they're being it's fucking weeded out. Yeah. It's for self gain mate. There's, there are probably a few... Let's not part everybody, the same, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a few independents out there and a few on either side of the defence, whether it's left one, right one, or, or up the middle. There are probably a few people out there who have their constituents constituencies at heart and they're trying to do the best for their areas. But at the same time, they're still acting on behalf of these political parties. They're still a member of a gang, in my opinion, or a boys' club, or 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 not a boys' club, or or a a club in general that they then pledge themselves to and uphold the beliefs of that. It's
1: yeah, we. I mean, they they call the politics and parliaments projects now. Yeah. What yeah. does that fucking tell you in terms of it? It's it's there, oh, this is like the speaker of Liz Truss's project, her economic project, a governmental project. And you know, like, what the fuck are you want about? And I mean you look at the people behind that and all of the fucking think tanks and everything else, and again, same as all of them, a puppet for other people that oh well we think this and we want this, this, and this. And they create a packet, attach it to a person, send it out up the flag, go to the flagpole, how many people salute? That's the one we want. Get in, okay, we'll try this. Yeah, and then like I say, they're putting policies in place that before it's even hit the news, they've made their money. They've yeah. already got their deals, already got their shit, they're out of there, and by the time we're bickering about it. And it's yeah. it's that, they call it the Overton window, like the the accepted public political discourse, like the the, the gap between what the is, internet, is acceptable yeah. on either side. That is shrinking every fucking day. And this oh, neoliberalism shit. idea of left and right, depending on the so- subject we're talking about, I'm an extreme communist lefty, or I'm a right-wing lunatic. Yeah. And my politics, frankly, I don't think it's fucking changed. But the, the, no. the, this idea that they've created, and you like you said before, you're not allowed a middle ground. So if I then go, here's ten ideas, I agree with eight on this side, I'm on this side, but the two on that side, I have to then say I disagree with. Yeah, yeah. and that's exactly what team.
0: happened. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's it. easy there's, like you say, there, there is no any sort of moral ground now. There's no any anything in between, and that's the moral ground is usually always the right the right way, mate. It's usually the common sense approach. <laughs> but there is no common sense approach to politics, is there? It's just I think this, so. is, like, this is what we're gonna do, this is what I think's gonna benefit. So let's try it and see because nobody knows, mate. Nobody knows how things are gonna go. Japan have reduced their interest rates to zero percent. You can buy Japanese yen for as it's like hundred and fifty yen to the dollar at the minute because they scrapped the interest rate to, to try and stimulate the economy. So everybody, what everybody's doing now is they're buying Japanese yen. Mm-hmm. So everybody's invested in the Japanese yen at the minute, so they're buying the Japanese yen and it's stimulating the economy so fast. Uh, but that's because Japan want to protect Japan, Japan's Japan, culture
1: yeah. and history. I mean, when the Mongols tried to invade, they thought there was like the great spirit. Every time they got in the water, they didn't understand the, the tidal systems between between the countries when they came down through China. And they tried to fucking invade and the ships got just sacked every time. And they were like, we don't fuck with Japan. And then anybody that kind of landed in, in Japan for, for fucking centuries... You had to be a motherfucker to for them to earn their respect yeah. and shit. Otherwise, you were just fucking dealt with. And there's yeah. still that protectionist thing that Japan and Japanese first, and that they comes from the yeah. consequence of the Westerners and fucking Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like the official mentality afterwards was like adapt, grow, and or, and, and pass or surpass or yeah. whatever the 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 the, the, prop, the nouns are that describe that. But it was basically the thing of yeah, catch up, overtake, and fucking move. Yeah. And look at what they didn't technologically. And so I think they're then, again, seeking to protect all Japanese classes and citizens. And the culture there is so different
0: compared to them, the rest of the world. We're just cannon fodder. But the economy, the, the economy the, the... is still so strong, mate, because they realise the sh- what, what's happening and the short givens that are taking place, and, and they're making up for this by... By but let's let's reduce the interest rates to zero let people start borrowing money Hmm. let's let's let them borrow money and and they're going to go out and spend that money so it's going to re-stimulate the economy again you're investing it
1: in your own future and
0: that's what they can see whereas the progressive future
1: for any of japan is a progressive future for all of japan whereas in the uk do you really think the tories are going to sign an economic policy that allows you and i to make some money No, No, they're going to sign a system that makes you and I more impoverished while gaslighting us and telling us this is for our own benefit. And I think that that's the difference is there isn't this. And this is where I think localism, that homesteading that we spoke of before, people going, you see the memes going, I just need 10 mates to get together. We'll buy this plot of land. And I can understand that driver. But what you're trying to do there is reclaim a space. I think, frankly, there needs to be a new form of nationalism. And this isn't a form of fascism or going, if you want us, fuck you, but a, yeah, new, a new form of British English identity. You know, the Welsh have a strong identity. The Scots have a strong identity. Northern Irish Irish have strong independent identities. Northern is, yeah, scouts, I suppose. And maybe West Country and sort of Bristol or Bristol, whatever. there's certain cultures emerge there that are representative of the whole. But yeah. generally, we've been forced to be homogenized. And so most of the rest of the world thinks of England and thinks of posh fucking Londoners with We're silly fucking money.
0: It's like, it's like the plants, mate. Everything's a hybridization now.
1: Yeah. But you know we need to then, in my opinion, create a defense of uniqueness. Whereas, yeah, we have to, it starts with recognizing the fuck me, we owe the world some apologies. You look at the British Empire, you study our history. Not the shit they'll teach you when you're in fucking year seven or eight or that shit. You actually study our history. You'll be depressed for a while. It'll take you a fucking minute to get over it. But once you kind of get through it, there's a point where you kind of go, all right, I'm not that. I'm not responsible for that. But I carry that legacy. How can I do better? And I think most of us, it's so overwhelming. We can't deal with the state because a thousand years after 1066 and the Battle of Hastings, the Normans still have all the wealth in this country. If you're of Norman descent, you've got the motherfucking money. So if it hasn't shifted over a thousand years of the systems, like, the shift only way it'll shift is if we don't participate in it. So we can homestead or whatever, but then we have to trade with each other. If we created yeah. our own economies, that's what the has happened as a consequence of the war on drugs. If they actually managed to stop all drug dealing, kids would starve in my street. Yeah. You know what I mean? If their dads are not out there selling 20 bags or whatever, there's no fucking food on the table.
0: I th- I think I think they forget that as well. though simple. I think they forget the dynamics behind the actual, the fact why people are in this circle where the they are dealing drugs or they are selling drugs. The these people have still got families as well. Yeah, maybe they are in impoverished areas and they're they're unemployed. Why are they unemployed? Why are, why is why is the area impoverished? Why are they having to? to sell drugs to make ends meet why don't don't they have ample opportunities to better themselves in a day-to-day job that they want to go and do not, jo- not just a job for the sake of it because the job center says you have to go and get a job or you are, are not getting this that or the next thing there has to be an incentive there
1: exactly and the whole thing is, was david cameron's campaign like make work pay yeah. And he did that by punishing benefit claimants. And it was like, wait, what? So you saw that there was this gap between them. So you went, all right, if we give these lot less, this lot looks like it's got more. Oh, yeah. and they just never fucking understood it. Like, literally, they were talking about, oh, are oh, we going to create a national living wage? I think that was the fucking Labour Party. I think, it, I
0: think it's just they've just released it. They've just announced it again. It's going up to £14 whatever per hour to try and help the working classes. How does that help the working classes? It, it, it doesn't. Again, we need to look at then salaries over a year. If you're
1: employed in a salaried fucking position and you're on 30 fucking 40 grand, whatever, that's several thousand a month. You're then saying that your time suddenly, if you're then working the same amount of hours for somebody working for minimum, there has to be obviously value to different things and paying in yeah. for whatever else and the return of certain things and talent has to be rewarded. I'm not denying that. I'm not saying everyone has to be in the same wage, but the fact that just because I've got a university degree, Oh, well, sir, it's an extra £10,000 a year.
0: Yeah. But who's, well,
1: doing, who's doing the work for that managerial class? Yeah. It's the, the, the low-skilled, untalented, air quotes there for my listeners, years. that are on mid, minimum wage, that if those yeah. guys pulled out, the managerial class would be fucked. Yep. And that's what they've created is this 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 cash cow for themselves. And I think the whole illegal drug market tinfoil hat moment. If you look at Andrew, uh, sorry, Andrew Webber, Gary Webb's work exposing like the Iran Contra deals and everything that happened with the real Rick Ross and cocaine being sold, uh, crack cocaine being sold in LA in the 1980s by the CIA. Uh, I suppose we'll have to stick an allegedly on there just for my own protection.
0: Yeah, allegedly, uh,
1: allegedly. Um... allegedly um, I think there's a similar mechanism happening here. Cause it's one thing I found when we started doing the Durham events, I went and met some pretty, I don't want to call them sinister. Some people with some hell of reputations that have been involved yeah. in various different things. And I just basically went and asked some questions. I went, look, I'm going to do this giant open air event. We're going to sell lots of weed. You're not going to rob me. Are you? And that was basically kind of what I went out for. And the different people that I met and they're like, Oh, my cousin's the head of this police force. Oh, my uncle's this, my, this, and it's y'all are the same motherfuckers. And they yeah, all yeah, go to the same working well, men's clubs and they all have the same private clubs. And yeah, it's and I think it, it, it happens so that they have this image that they can portray while at the same time making the money from it. So they've destabilized these whole former industrial regions. And so rather than has, having the conversation about it being an economic consequence, because they've flooded these regions with drugs and they're yep. profiting from it because they're the ones in the Mercedes driving into the estates that are picking up from the youngers who are given to the elders that are paid. You know what I mean? Uh, and, the mo- <laughs> and the money leaves, the money leaves that estate. So they're constantly impoverished. They know who's they can target with the police to keep them down. They can put the random raids out and go, yeah, it's drugs that are ruining the community. It's drugs. When it's not, it's economic policy. Do you think yeah. they want Middlesbrough to rise? Do you think they want Blackpool to rise, Manchester, any of these regions? So actually, I suppose obviously Manchester's a bit different in terms of the actual city of it, but it's surrounding I'm regions.
0: That's the too, so let's
1: not be too hasty. <laughs> we again, that was they knew that was never going to fucking happen again yeah. with my tinfoil hat on. You look at the the property sell off that they're going to do now. Like there's a story came out of some guy was forced the morning of the announcement of Rishi Sunak cancelling it to sell his fucking house and his property. And then they've been told that Wait, there'll be an opportunity at the auction. You can potentially buy back your property, but it's going to be at the current market price. And by the way, uh, and the amount we gave you is this, but that was discounted on whatever else and worked out using eminent domain and other bullshit yeah. fucking laws to go, no, this is what it's worth, what we tell you it's worth. Not the market share, what we'll give you, and you'll be happy. And then, yeah, they to have to buy back an inflated rate. Yeah, a lot of these fucking people have then had to... Use that money to then set up another fucking home or whatever else. So they're going to lose, they're just going to lose money everywhere. And if they're not going to have the extra cash to buy their own homes back. And then, so who makes the profit from that? The the
0: third party private companies they've brought in to manage these portfolios. Yes. And these companies are all government organized quangos. Yeah, exactly.
1: They come in uh, as a lobbyist and an MP goes, Yeah, we'll do this and get these contracts. And then, like six months after retiring, they get a job on a fucking uh as a, a, a
0: like a non-director advisor, an advisor role or an, an advisor for an MP or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a revolving door of shite. Yeah, it's it's madness. It's so like you say, we're so far into it now with the political corruption. These people are passing the laws and the bills to suit themselves. It's going to take something drastic in the next election to shake up politics for the better because like you say, it does not matter whether it's left wing, right wing or the moral ground in the middle they're all out to benefit themselves mate, whether it's for passing laws to benefit themselves whilst they're in power or whether it's to pass laws that's going to benefit, like you say, to generate like generational wealth maybe not in 10 years time but 20, 30 40 years down the line then it's never going to change me. there's something has to happen See, and with regards to, like, the cannabis legislation as well, like, it's never, ever going to happen under a Tory government because the Tory government are getting so fucking rich off it, mate. They're getting so rich off exporting this medicine all over the world that we're then buying back at a hyperinflated price.
1: Yeah, well, it's, as you said, they get a benefit on both sides. Financially, they get it. They also then get to retain the skunk narrative and that it causes psychosis and yeah. and be able to hyper-militarize the police and over-police certain neighborhoods and jurisdictions. Should, yeah, You want to tell bad. me that there's less yeah. drugs in Mayfair than there is in, I can't think of a comparable poor area, uh, Croydon or whatever in, in London. No offense for Croydon. I don't know London economics enough. I was trying to get some at high and some at low. No, um, but, 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 but do you know what I mean? One, there's more drugs in Croydon. No, yep. you've got more so, cops in Croydon, so you're so finding I mean, more drugs. If you then went to all the fucking poshies, you know, as, play as play Boris Johnson was talking yeah. about, saying yeah. that, you know, he's got plenty of bourgeois bougie friends that, you know, enjoy a nice spliff after work. Like, why are they not fucking policed? Why are they not? Like, they wouldn't even think of needing the protection. They own their own homes. So their letting agent isn't going to have an issue. Their landlord isn't going to have an issue. So they don't need to be bullied into this racket. You know, they could then, if you've got a gated community, like you have a private grounds, no one can even get on your drive. They need a warrant to get on your drive to get close enough to smell your house. Whereas if you yeah. live on a high street and your carbon filter breaks or whatever and you sting up the street one morning and a fucking Jobsworth cop decides to fucking stick his nose through your letterbox... It's it's just the classist element of this. I mean, there was yeah, yeah. K Storm was covered in glitter today, which is quite amusing.
0: Yeah, that's um, actually, I mean, And what was the guy was calling for a people's
1: parliament? People, a, a people's house. And I think a this is party. this is what's happening in Ireland with the People's Assembly. Is you're yeah. kind of going now, like fuck your rep, air quotes representative democracy and the bullshit you've created. We want our own system. When again, if we have enough people sign up to it. We control that power. It's what I always said about the cannabis and drug reform movement. We should always have been and should be now a political movement, a political party that's membership driven. So if there's 100,000 of us signed up, we go knock, knock, Mr. Tory. Do you want 100,000 votes? What are you gonna do for us? Knock, knock, Mr. Labour. Do you want 100,000 votes? What the fuck are you gonna do for us? Yeah. and we would have that power and that yeah. autonomy and that that's what they want to break that's why they're so anti-union on both sides that's why they're so anti-collectivism and the idea of you know true socialism small s socialism
0: yeah i think it, i think it, and like you say we're not getting the reform on the on the moda or anything like that because these people are frightened of the the outfall and the consequences of the people who are already benefiting from it they, Let's just say, let's just hypothetically talk here for a minute. So let's just say Keir Starmer gets into power. They talk about reviewing the 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 Drug Reform Act and everything. They start talking about the possibility for rescheduling or or decriminalisation. So they go through all this process and they start going through all this. The only people that are going to stand to lose money are pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of the people that are sitting in the houses, lords and peers and whatever, are financially involved with. So, like you say, they're only going to be passing the laws to benefit themselves. So it's never, it's never going to change because as soon as it comes up into a discussion in the parliament, it just gets shut down because there's too many people sitting on those benches that stand to lose too much money.
1: Yeah, I think. The other side of it, like so, is that control paradigm? They still get to demonise as vilifiers. We they don't have to talk about knife crime. They don't have to talk yeah. about socioeconomic deprivation. They don't have to talk about the legacy of, you know, racism, of classism, of a caste system in this country. They're we don't involved. have to talk about any
0: of it. They're not involved there. They're in their own bubble. They're doing their own thing. They're they're not worried. Maybe they couldn't even tell you what the price of a pint of milk is, mate.
1: Yeah, it's it's a fucked up situation because their politics, their ideology, their beliefs are informed by the reality they live. And I'm constantly reminded of, there's an image that went viral of Hillary Clinton looking through a doorway into some woman, an average woman's kitchen in fucking, in where the hell was she, New York or somewhere like that. It was, you know, a modest sized kitchen. And the fucking, she's like, like this, just fucking like, what the fuck? She's so shocked by the, you live, you feed a family in this room? Do, do you know what i mean and it, it, they're, they're realities and then
0: you're stations massive
1: mate. yeah i think we're, we're arriving at a point of, of convergence in in uh, divergence in in life where our future te- the technology is either going to give us utopia or dystopia and so once we arrive to a point if we can either have what aaron bastani calls fully automated luxury communism where there is such an abundance of all resource and the resources themselves are automated so they constantly generate new value past a point where labor is not of value so then everybody has everything and can have everything and there's no reason to fuck anyone over because everyone has everything or the other side of it is that through their automation and they don't want to create universal incomes or anything like that because you'll have to find a way to tax the machines and their labor their labor has to be taxed and that money then has to go back into society and there's a famous um there's a famous uh, sort of anecdote that was told of Henry Ford Jr. talking with one of the automotive union directors um, walking down an assembly line. is one of his new assembly lines. And Ford quips to the guy and goes, how do you expect these machines to pay your membership dues? And the guy quipped back to him and said, well, how do you expect these machines to buy your cars? And it was yeah. one thing that Henry Ford Sr. understood. He said that he wanted to ensure that his workers could afford to drive his vehicle. they can't afford to buy my cars, I'm not doing it right. No. And then his yeah. son fucking came on and through the hyper secondary stage of automation. And yeah, you got the head of Chrysler at the time and that kind of fucked things up with his uh, desire to create standardized models, but just change really little nuance bits and get everybody wanting a new car every year and the intrinsic obsolescence and everything that kind of crashed out the, the automotive industry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, that's where right now is you look at the people in Tesco that are training us how to use the machines that are replacing them. Yeah, so you go in and there's, there's maybe yeah. five a man's checkouts, but 50 fucking automated ones. But the machines, and again, conspiracy, I think the machines are programmed to need the people. So every now and then they'll just freak out and do something. I don't think there's necessarily a bug. I think they, they have, they're they just lagging out, having to keep the people until the the, the society is ready enough. And I think that's this not, is where uh, we either have to have universal yeah. basic income, but it's digital money, these, these, these central digital currencies. Because I think then it'll be like, okay, you, here's your benefit, but your benefit will only work in Tesco. Or whatever clothes shop we want, or whatever you can, yeah, you know, yeah. use that money where we want to allow you to use that money. Central credit, yeah. You know. And that's where I feel like we're going, and it's it's a scary fucking thing because anytime we now see a new technology, the average informed individual that's aware of the continuation of history as well as what has previously become before it, that it's not good. The people in charge, they will hear the best thing in the world and find a way to make that destroy us. Yeah. That's just their motive operandi, is to make more money out of it. Also, this is going to kill
0: a million people. Yeah, but how much are we going to make? How many zeros yeah. is that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's not let's not get, let's not start crossing over into vaccines and things now, mate, because we could be here for another
1: few hours. Yeah, <laughs> again, the, the whole idea of coercion of anything, again, it's informed consent. I want to live in a world, and I've said this to people for a long time, look, you can call me whatever the fuck you want on the internet. I had some atrocious things fucking said to me, but I will never seek to get you removed from the internet. That is not Uh, my fucking
0: right. Yeah, yeah. Let them have their opinion, but it's like, mate, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. But that's the thing. If everyone was allowed to have their opinion, it
1: would all then be, again, it's almost a free market principle of ideas. (laughs) And I want the same to be true of, say, cars. I want to be able to crash my car. I don't want to crash my car. Fuck, you know, I don't want to injure anybody or hurt myself or risk anything. I I, I want the ability to crash my car. If I crash my car, it's my fucking fault. You know, yeah, yeah, somebody might crash into me or whatever, but I want that control. What is the point of living if you don't have fucking control? You know, I used to do yeah. a lot of free climbing. I don't these days, like parkour, like not necessarily like jumping around, but more just free climbing buildings and whatever yeah, else. Yeah. And it was always for the, the the thing of sitting at the top. And it was the feeling of I can do this. And I, it's in my esteem. I have to get down. And it's because of me, I got up here. And it's uh, a sense of achievement. Same thing with
0: the plants. And you, you're taking a measured risk. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're in control of that risk that you're taking, mate. It's like if you jump inside an automated vehicle and that crashes, then that's out of your control. That's nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary thing. We're seeing the consequence of some of these vehicles. I never really thought about that before, mate. That's, uh, that's got me thinking as but well. It's the ethics
1: of it as well. Like the the are talking about, do you know what the trolley problem is? It's a classic sort of uh, philosophical, ethical kind of quandary. And it's an image, you'll have seen it probably before. And it's a, a trolley, like, uh, what do they call them? Tra- like a tram runs on tracks.
0: All oh, right. And hey, it's hey. bell
1: and it stops. And there's two tracks. And on one track, there's one person. On another track, there's like three or four people. And it's supposed to be like a, 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 a mind thought experiment for you to kind of question your own ethics. Because would you go then, all right, I kill the one person and kill the three. But then, okay, well, then what if this one person is this, 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 and this? Yeah. And, yeah, these, yeah. and these people are this. And it's, people change it by going, well, oh, what if that's a baby or this is an older person? And it's just so you to kind of question it, your own sort of ethics. But, but the, bias, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, there's a similar sort of thing at play here that, I want uh, to have to make that decision myself. I don't want to be driving in my car, and my car veer off and kill an old man. And it goes, well, we detected that he's five years younger than the other guy. Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or that we're going to value this baby over this person, or whatever. I, I, like it's, I, I want to choose that, and I've had that choice. You know, my, my clavicle has snapped. This arm is fucking like nearly a centimeter longer than the other because of a massive car accident I had. Because I made a decision. I lost control of a vehicle, probably at about seventy odd miles an hour. Uh, I've dealt with this with the police, so fine, You know, double jeopardy my ass. And it was entirely my fault. I was racing some dickhead and a souped-up fucking Cleo, and it was inappropriate. It was way back in my youth. I say, wait, actually, yeah, way back now. I'm aging, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, And where am I fucking going with this story? Uh, oh, I made a decision. I came around this bend and basically uh, a tractor with fucking spikes on this side of the road, a van this side of the road, and a central reservation with an extended lifted curb and two poles. I came around this corner and I had a split second and my choice was I could either try and go for the far field and take the van out. I could try and turn left and literally get crushed by this fucking tractor.
0: Yeah. Or,
1: or I can turn in left and go, I went for the track. I went into the gap for the tractor and the pole and in my head, I'd hit the pole and I'd go that way and hope that the tractor didn't get me. But my choice was to take me out, not the van. Yeah, The van didn't do nothing. But the problem was I ripped off my two right side tires and it just bunkered down, and I ended up in the van anyway, but I came at him from a way that he was sat in the driving position and raised, and I came under, and luckily his legs, and he kind of moved himself, and so I got wedged under. But in that moment, I chose that decision. I chose to take myself out. I don't know what that car's programmed to do, if it's programmed to keep me alive, but I made that mistake. So I chose to do what I thought was the right thing in that moment. That's the autonomy I want at every stage of my life. That's what I deserve. If I'm an adult...
0: the AI's taking over, it's taking over everything. And I say this, like, there is very positive aspects to this AI, for especially for what I do as well, maybe with regards to the testing and, and writing software and things like that. If you can put 100 sample tests into this, you can get AI to then write you software to develop set, set parameters for testing. And it's going to give you within... A very close percentage accuracy. And that's generated by AI, mate. That's that's mm-hmm. taken how many people's jobs is that taking? And how fast is it speeding up the development of these products and the software? Yes, it's pushing us forward, but at the same time it's sending us backwards because everybody's now becoming dispensable. Nobody's positions are concrete anymore. It's <laughs> only a matter of time to say before everybody's replaced by these machines and we're now working for the machine if
1: we yeah exactly if, if we're not careful um I'm quite aware of the time there so we'll wrap up for before too long um but I, it feels like to me that through we're already seeing it through over specialization so it used to be you, you what do they call them uh jack of every trade sort of thing yeah you know and you you'd be trained and you'd know fucking everything and you would be qualified to thing. but they have over specialized so that then people in one area or field don't know how their specialty relates to other specialties yeah. And, and so you end up with then, well, I can't touch it. I'm a car. I do this specific heart surgery. But if you then fuck some it up, you need another fucking guy in to deal with this bit. Yeah, And, and, and same with like mechanics. So then you end up with like the Teslas, you got to go to official Teslas. How long before your Tesla has to be taken to a machine? And then what happens when the machines, we create machines to deal with other machines and they have that mechanism? Then there'll be people, and if that me- paradigm continues, eventually there'll be nobody alive that knows how the machines work and the machines will be indistinguishable from magic.
0: Yeah,
1: and that a, is
0: terrifying. <laughs> They've done, they done a test thing. Um, I think it was at the start of the year where they had AI and that, they asked it to do a, a, a set list of things with regards to like it was things that only humans could do. So they set a list of things, and the last thing it had to do was get it to do like a manual task, mm-hmm. and it just AI just went on the task and employed a person to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, boom,
0: yeah. within minutes and then it was it was done it was like wow and then I can't really remember the ins and outs of it, but it was basically showing you how obsolete people were going to become in the end we're going to end up working for the machines in the end because we're going to be getting jobs from the machines that they cannot perform like things with dexterity and things like that but there's going to become a point where these machines are so advanced that we're, become, we're going to become obsolete mate they're going to have these things with super dexterous attachments that can look like, in fingers and things like that. But Boston Dynamics,
1: you look at the evolution yeah, of robotics exactly. in, in Japan, yeah, well, a, a large field of that is towards dealing with its aging population. Yeah. And I think, ironically, is probably going to be the one thing out of all the centuries that may force japan to become more diverse is that they're going to need immigration to help yes. deal because yeah. these futurists these individuals that are like there's a lot of money the younger the means. generation like yeah. the younger generation
0: migrate the older generation always staying. like most people always go home to retire as well so that's what you're saying you're going to get to a point in japan where there's not going to be enough people to power said machines <laughs>
1: And that's, yeah, it's again where, where I worry, but there'll always then be a need for a small labor force, but that labor force will only want to choose to be a labor force. Because again, the paradigm will be that it'll overtake it. The, the wealth generated by the machines will be greater than the labor. Why would you employ a human to do some of that machine? Yeah. You could do 10,000 an hour for 24 hours every day forever. Yeah. It, it, so all of those kind of things will disappear. But if they then how can they incentivize the people to do the laborious tasks if they don't have a scarcity paradigm? But if the machines are creating abundance, how, do, other than through taxation and obfuscation and through manipulation, how the fuck do we square that circle? How do we make yeah, that hey, rational? Hey, yeah, do you know it, what I mean?
0: How do you balance your
1: boots? Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's where we're going in terms of the consequence and where these conversations are happening. But they're all going, eventually, we'll figure it out. So they're like, yeah, we're going to go to the moon, we're going to fuck on around with Mars, we're going to do this, it'll be robots, here's these flying uh, cars, here's this. And like, but homelessness is going through the roof. People are starving, kids are dying. They're drug addiction, like, over, yeah, those, And they're like, yeah, but those them. things will be figured out. Once we've got the robots... All and it's like you people are running governments you're the heads of fucking investment firms and banks and the, the ends just like I so said the ends justify the means so it doesn't matter the human misery or suffering today yeah. as long as their name is attached to the first flying car the first intergalactic spaceship the first spaceship. Yeah, as long yeah, as yeah. they get it's their legacy and that's all they give a fuck about Elon doesn't give a shit about people actually suffering and wanting to do things of any great meaning Mate, and value he, t-
0: he took over Twitter and fired 70% of the staff over overnight because he says he did not care about conspiracies and censorship and stuff like that he says if you don't care a lot about these things you see that's how you can lose 70 percent of your workforce
1: <laughs> yeah they, and i just checked onto x formerly twitter as we talk of its full title apparently yeah. not that long ago and it i tried to search some about i think it's formula one or something like that and the search function is fucked the number of bots, the number of just fucking yeah. irrelevant tweets, the number of foreign yeah. language tweets this for all it's meant. does not
0: pay me. It's a cash
1: cow, and he's obviously yeah. created a new paradigm that I'm hoping collapses social media. For all, I, I benefit in some way from it, although I'm mass, uh, massively censored by it. Um, this charging paradigm, so now the meta are going to charge for verification, and now Instagram yeah. are talking about a paid, uh, a paid advert-free version. Obviously, Twitter yeah. are talking about being a paid-only thing. And i think once it's not free we suddenly start to question the thing if it starts to cost us even if it's just five pound ten pound
0: yeah i get it mate i've done a bit of testing i know as soon as you involve a monetary value to it it becomes um i'm gonna say unpopular but it comes less attractive yeah it's difficult mate it's difficult i'm in i'm in limbo at the minute with it all i'm still driving it forward I'm still at a point where I'm happy to do to be testing, to be the face of the testing, but I'm now at the point where it's taken up so much of my time, it needs to be monetized and it needs to, to go on to this next level. It's going to need some form of investment or some form of crowdfunding or even a charity getting on board to say, hey... Yeah, we love what you're doing. We see that you're doing harm reduction and promoting the safety surrounding cannabis use and whatever else. And we're willing to put in X amount of money every year to make sure that you're still doing this throughout the UK kind of thing. Yeah, We're at a point now where everybody wants it or, or, or the vast majority want it, but they're unwilling to be putting forward a financial receipt towards any sort of work that i'm doing on mind yeah
1: i wonder if there's a way to do a bit of financial jiu-jitsu we're going to use the pp word i do apologize here but some somebody like prohibition partners yeah or these, these these data-driven entities that are like if like, you could figure out a way to say if you partnered with a university and you had their license so anybody could distribute post in to a effectively like a P.O. box that's for the uni. Yeah, yeah. The samples are all there. That's then traced and uh, and not traced as in from the person, but once it's in the building, it's under license. They can perform the testing under that. This company head by itself. You can obviously do whatever else. And and bring in all of that data from events because under their banner in the same way the loop are allowed to test on site, et cetera. Figure that mechanism out. But then partner with somebody like Prohibition Partners to pay for it because then they they are allowed access to part of the data set. But obviously, you yeah, like as old... the proprietor own the majority of it, or still the the data set as its whole. It's the information that can that's the important. Part. That's yeah. the value to it now. They don't give a shit yeah. about the rest of it. If they can say, "Well, we've tested these products in the UK, and this is what they are," that then informs that that thing. But if it's then held by someone like yourself, it's set up in a charity or like a CIC or something that ensures that there isn't the mechanism and motives for people to profit from it. Yeah, can keep it transparent, but dude, the, uni- the universities are clamming to get. I was
0: just going to say to that, mate. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, drugs drug science um, things at universities where they have things in like the U and like the 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 university bars and things like that, where you can go in or you can go into drop in sessions and have things tested impartially or, or without any fears, any consequences and things like that. Just for the harm reduction side of things, it's there's a demand there for it and there's a need there for it. It's just finding the right body and the right partners to get involved with. You see there's obviously scope for PP and obviously like drug science and and things like that. It's just finding the right people to come on board to drive it forward rather than just keep it as it is kind of thing.
1: Yeah, this is what we said. I think it's it's honest discourse, transparency and authenticity will gain us the world. We have to be able to talk about this, identify this, and I'm hoping pretty soon we will have a, a lipness test of sorts to be able to figure out what side of the fence people are on for all? I don't like it being this binary zero sum battle. Um yeah. but
0: because that's it, but, you're either on the you're either on the legacy market or you're on the pharmaceutical side of things. There's no crossover that's you're either lawful or unlawful, and there's no middle ground in between it. So how can you provide the harm reduction and provide that sense of security for people? Within, like, With the products that they're consuming, if you are deemed to be committing unlawful behaviour or you're deemed to be breaking the law by, well, I'm never in possession of anything because I never ever touch it, but it's the fact that I'm still providing a service on a product that's still deemed to be unlawful. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you go down the pharmaceutical side of things and you look into the science side of things, it then automatically becomes lawful.
1: Yeah, and it's frustrating that why should then this system, and there's an irony to it, and again, why I think the data sets created from the legacy industry would be so invaluable, because they're obfuscating and hiding and not telling anybody what grow mediums they're using, what additives
0: they're no, using, mate, and the regulations say that there's no there's no yeah. reason for them to tell us that. Yeah, I've got five years worth of data, mate. I've got five years dating back worth of tests in the UK at most events in the UK, and most legacy events in the uk throughout the year including some others like product earth and and then paradise and and things like that but i've got more information than what these guys could dream of Mm. from from this side of the fence so why why is it not being entertained it's they'll argue it's protocols, procedures, et
1: cetera, that yeah. it's not set in the right
0: it's way. But don't you take me. It's always
1: yeah. the red teeth. There, there, there's some interesting mechanisms that do exist. Um, there was something that was set up around the AIDS crisis uh, in the States, and I think we adopted something similar over here, or in some of the States rather. I shouldn't generalize. There's a lot, yeah, of, yeah. Them. There's a lot of them. Um, uh, that basically allowed for the AIDS patients themselves to be able to correlate their own data and create like almost charities or this other entity that could work under the procedures of medical guidance. So basically they could, the data they created was scientifically viable. So they correlated it in a way that meant that it was useful for future study. So for all the the government were being cunts cunts at the time, there was a way that they were able to work together to kind of create this information and move the argument forward. And I wonder if there's a, a similar sort of thing that could be done Done here, um... quite
0: possibly. Like I say, mate, I'm, I'm 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 in limbo at the minute. There's a few avenues I can kind of take this down. I can explore a bit further. I can either take it globally and be seen to be getting a global idea of the can of scene and what's being produced globally, whether it be pharmaceutical, medicinal, legal or illegal or lawful or unlawful. Or I could go down the avenue where it's backed by an investor or say an investor backed by somebody willing to put some kind of financial monetary value against it or it could be or it could be backed by an investor who just wants to make a return on a business it's there's 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 two or three avenues there that, that that can be explored but the service i think everybody's in agreement that it needs to be the testing has to take place and it has to grow to include toxicity heavy metals and and, ter- and minor cannabinoids in the terpene levels as well but without the UHPLC machine it's just not going to happen and without the best part of 20 grand mm. but there are I say yeah. there are facilities that are able to do this in the UK right now but due to legal and binding contracts they are unable to process them but if you're in a if you're in a scientific guys you're you're able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there must. Maybe f- I should just maybe I should just buy a white coat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why, why? not? Seems to work for quite a few others. Uh,
0: yeah, God. Hey. Uh, I think that's a good point to to leave it for one day, mate. My battery's flashing at me here as well.
1: You always timed it well then. Uh, no, I think we literally covered everything uh that i wanted to Mate, sort of we could we just well
0: jabber for hours about nonsense we were very similar in, in that way i think yeah no agreed agreed um but yeah
1: really appreciate so sort of taking the time as always i just want to get different narratives different perspectives and i think you have a unique position that you see yeah, like i say
0: i'm on i'm on i'm on the fringes of both I I speak to the the legacy market quite a lot, and I I deal with a lot of information for the pharmaceutical side of things as well. The pharmaceutical asks asks me questions with regards to the legacy market, and I'm I'm in a position now where I don't want to be passing any of my knowledge in between the two. I do not want to do that. They are now at a point where they're trying to buy up our knowledge for a salary, and... I've seen it happen over the last two years, and I'm just not willing to do it. I'm trying to push this forward for everybody rather than just people to get rich, mate.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's, again, the thing that we have most in common is if we make money, that'd be nice, but it's the world that we want to see that we're fighting
0: for. It's the passion that drives you,
1: mate. 100%, 100%. And uh, yeah, hopefully that came through on on this recording. Um, Where can people keep up with you?
0: um socials as always instagram cbd underscore sciatic underscore james or if that's a bit of a dyslexic nightmare for you i've got another one shortened to cbd underscore james now so you can catch me up on there um i say there's not much on the page it's just test certificates it's just what's happening um, in the UK, on that week, um, it's got usually got rundowns for any events that have happened with regards to, um, any many special flower or stuff that I've seen. I think you've um, you've appeared in there once or twice yourself before as well, with regards to some um, prescription medication you had, I believe. Um, I think there was a blue dream thrown in there as well somewhere. That wasn't prescription, there. Uh, but yeah, I've got
1: some interesting <laughs> stuff for sure. I need to get on your little machine yeah. because I think. As you are saying, always looking for something a bit different. I think I've got a couple of things a bit different. Some things I'm really sure are different, but I have no idea what the fuck they are. Some yeah, accidental crosses that you yeah, need. Yeah, that's to the, that those
0: done. are those are usually the ones that are providing the surprises, mate. But we'll catch up. We'll catch up again at some point before Christmas time. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Um, all right, I'll let you get off. I'll do a bit of housekeeping and wrap this up. Um And yeah, I'll include links below as well, so people can uh, jump straight over and find you um but yeah once again james appreciate your time it's awesome, always mate. been always a, a pleasure, pleasure always me. all right peace and love brother i'll let you get off thanks and peace bye well there you go folks that was uh yeah we're just calling him james these days we've dropped the cbd uh yeah what do they call them is it mono non-slamic i can never pronounce that word I can't even read it properly in my head uh but you know like madonna single named so he, he joins that crew alongside pat as being the one name wonders of the uh simple life podcast guest. so yeah really appreciate james giving us it was basically been three hours there it was a good amount of time uh, hell of a conversation i think we covered a lot of great topics um it was great to catch up with him and to find out about what he's been you know doing uh, his experiences within sort of the testing field the product testing uh, his first-hand experience of thailand and so yeah, just kind of catch up and shoot the shit. Really enjoyed that, as you said, we we could have spoke for many more hours and talked a lot more shit and a lot more subjects, but I was trying to keep it a bit sort of on point. So I think we did a, not not too bad of a job there, to be fair. Um, yeah, just want to say a massive shout out and thank you to people for you know supporting this this project of mine uh, in the face of such. Uh, censorship and shadow banning on various platforms i'm aware because of the language that i use because of the the content that i produce the conversations that uh i uh create with my guests each week uh you know quite controversial quite contentious so they typically meet censorship so the people that go out of their way to actually support this project this podcast i am forever grateful thank you to the people who've sent me support messages in the past few weeks as well uh while i've been absent this podcast rises and falls on my mental health sort of week to week, day to day. And yeah, it's been a, a tough little spot recent recently. So I greatly appreciate anybody that has, you know, sent messages, sent support, you know, continued to support the podcast in my absence. Uh y'all are fucking wonderful. I greatly appreciate you. Uh, so yeah, if you uh, enjoyed this project, please do give us a project. This podcast, sorry, please do give us a little like, a share, a subscribe, a rating, you know, a bit of feedback. Be honest; I always appreciate some uh, some some honest feedback. Help me kind of keep evolving this project so that you know it's representative of the the culture that it is inclusive of, you know, and representative of um the legacy community, the legacy cannabis culture, um and represents our history and our heritage in in a positive light. Um, so, yeah, please do, you know, check us out on our social media platforms. Uh, I was going to say check out The Simple Life, but I'm having a bit of a argument with uh, two domain providers at the minute who it seems like one of them has lost a domain and the other one isn't taking fucking responsibility. Mm-hmm. So currently, my site, both things are linked to a, the fucking domain that doesn't exist. So there is no simplelife.com currently. There is, but it's not showing on the uh, like the public internet at the minute. I'm really struggling with that. So hopefully in the coming days, weeks, and months, fingers crossed, that'll be resolved, and you will be able to check out thesimplelife.com. In the meantime, check out patreon.com forward slash thesimplelife, where if have take a cup of coffee, you can help me yeah. keep the lights on of this little project of mine. Um, yeah, you've been beautiful. Thank you for your time, as always, folks. Uh, I'll be back next week with somebody. It'll be awesome. You'll enjoy it. I'll have fun either way, and you guys will like it. It'll be all right. Alright, peace and love folks. I'll see you soon. I couldn't, I couldn't see I couldn't see my own <laughs> hand to figure
0: out what fingers I was holding up there. Jesus Christ. Uh